and your furry friend has the same name that your... No, this doesn't... The grammar makes no sense. <laughs> it's very hard to turn this into a, a, a proper grammar sentence. Hello, and welcome to the Odale Trail of Murder Munchers, a 5.25 floppy Ramjack adventure. Hello, everyone. I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack National Studio is my co-host and friend, Brad. Hi, I am in the National Studio. Uh, I'd like to welcome both of you in the uh, branch offices. Yes, because we also have... uh, I almost introduced you as So Right, So Tight. Um, But (laughs) we have Jonathan from Chicago... Also here with us today, Jonathan, it is a pleasure to be on the same show with you. So right, and yet not so tight anymore. What? Uh-oh. I would also like to add a, a good friend as well. I, I didn't mean to downplay that as... Sure, but what I would like to upplay is... Fucking... <laughs> nice. Nice. Nice, bro. <laughs> hey, cool. Nice. Before I used to be a nice little sheep, but now I'm a bad boy. <laughs> nice. Jonathan, a.k.a. Bad Boy. Brad, Um, Alex, if I may. (laughs) Go ahead, Jonathan. (laughs) Before we get into any of the usual Ramjack fare and ephemera and kit and caboodle. Um, If we can, just really quick, we're going to be talking about Belvedere. And, of course, we're going to be talking about our new favorite game, uh, Advice the Game. But, Jonathan, go ahead. No, that's not what it's called. It's called Giving Advice the Game. You're doing this on purpose. Am I? Wink. Yeah, you're, yeah you're, you're not that good of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh realities. You're a great improviser, and yet, acting. <laughs> yeah, that's a different true. tool. It's a different tool in the box. No, uh, so yes, thank you for explaining what the odds and ends and kooks and ephemera of Ramjack are. Yes, we will be covering all of that and more. But, in the meantime, I don't know what you guys are smelling in Cincinnati and Florida, respectively, but in my town... In my immediate vicinity, my senses are overwhelmed by the smell of cinnamon. Cinnamon, boys. Are you baking snickerdoodles, perchance? Oh. No, and if your next question is, am I living in a candy house owned and operated by a witch who is fattening me up for the oven? My answer would be no. Oh. Okay, well, there goes my guess. (laughs) I would prefer that situation to where I am right now. I want to paint you a picture. Right now, I am sitting in my apartment, as I usually do for these recording sessions. I'm at my desk. And my little microphone is in front of me, and yet around me, it would seem everything is in disarray, which is not not how I would prefer my apartment to be, of if I can not. be totally honest. The the floor, the baseboards, I should say, are coated in a fine white powder. Is it cocaine? Nope. I would prefer it. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? No. Instead, it is a powder that gives off a potent cinnamon candy flower scent. And there are random spots that have been uh, dampened, I'll say, with a sort of chemical, uh, uh, not a, why do I keep wanting to say preservative? Clearly, I know nothing about the science that goes into this. <laughs> I would prefer if I did, because then I could take care of it myself. What I'm trying to say is, my mattress is up against the wall, my box spring is up against the wall, my box spring is stained with blood. Not my blood! Not my blood. It's stained, and I have a bunch of new friends I'd like to introduce you to. Oh. A bunch of new friends oh, no. who have many legs. Oh, oh God. <laughs> who come in many sizes, chickpea-sized and smaller. So small that maybe sometimes you think you see them, but you don't. They're, fl- they're just oh. lint and fur. And then sometimes they are real, and then sometimes you turn to your left, and there's not one there. And then you turn to your left again, and 
the thing you feared the most is always to your left, as we've learned. Oh, boy. <laughs> Except what you fear is to the left and to the right and to the back and to the front and above you. Everywhere. Uh, I've been dealing with a uh, classic shenanigan known as uh, bedbug syndrome. Oh. oh, God. Oh. I mean, we all knew that, Jonathan, but when you say it, it just really yeah. hits it hurts hard, friend. <sighs> I've been dealing with this for a while. The initial incident, the inciting incident, uh, I woke up... This was probably two months ago, and my comforter was this, it was this very thick purple comforter that I'd had for a while, and you have to understand, my mattress, my box spring, all of my bedding, it's less than maybe two to three years old, so it's all practically brand new, very expensive, and I woke up, and there was, it, it was like, it was like a Joe's apartment, and if you've ever seen the film Joe's Apartment, oh. because I woke up, and there was a little friend right at eye level for me. <laughs> Whoa! And if he could have spoke, if he had spoken, he would have said, "Good morning. <laughs> Wake up! It's a new day. <laughs> a dark day. The sun is shining, and yet it's dark." So I immediately sprung out of bed, as one is wont to do, and I found that the comforter was presumably the source of the problem because every time I shook the comforter above the mattress, more friends came out to greet me. Oh my god! Oh. Gross. So I immediately oh. threw the comforter away, you as one would. You burned the house down, right? You just I took a lighter the entire, to the entire apartment. That's what one would do. That's not what I did. I was told by the people who run the building, and I'm going to be quiet because at any point, the superintendent might come by to throw away this box spring, which they left in my apartment despite putting down powder and spraying a chemical. Why would you leave the source of the problem, which is the box spring, in my apartment... And spray it and powder it at the same time. I don't know what an equivalent would be, but why would you leave the source of the problem in the apartment? Well, you can... There are bugs still in the box spring. You can theoretically cover it. With uh, with material that I do not have. Right, right. Well, if they put chemicals down, the chances are they're going to kill it. Because you don't want to put an infested box spring on the uh, side of the road. Because it's Chicago. It'll be gone in like, what, ten minutes? People will be like, oh, box spring? Cool. They'll take that risk. So That's maybe a risk it, that I'm willing to let them take. Yeah, I mean... As selfish as that is, I mean, I could... I'll probably... That's a good point, Alex. I probably will make some sort of notice or sign like, hey, do not touch this. Yeah. Do not take this. I know this looks presumably like a great deal, but it's by a dumpster. So maybe that should tell you enough. But if it doesn't, unless you want a bunch of little friends making love to you and next to you and above you and around you... So, yeah, so I got rid of the comforter, and throughout this past two months, I've thought to myself, in my most optimistic sense, <coughs> oh, I apologize, I'm choking on cinnamon powder. Ugh. I thought in my most optimistic sense that by removing the comforter and having an exterminator come in, it sounds like I'm crying. I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> choking Jonathan, on something. Jonathan, it's not your fault. Help me! Help me! <laughs> Goodwill hunting, it's not my fault. <laughs> Jonathan, listen. My most fault. optimistic. Mummy. <laughs> the bugs are my friends now, mama. They're my mama now, mama. They feed off of me. They like... come together to form one big bed, mama. I am their mother, mama. Bed bug, mama. Oh, I don't like this. Anyway, disturbing. I got rid of the comforter and I thought to myself, because, you know, they came in with exterminators and I, I said to myself, I've been told that the problem has been solved. For my own sanity, I'm going to believe that this is true because I don't have any bites on me and I've never had any bites on me throughout this whole process, which is nuts, which is really surprising considering what I'm about to say. At a certain point, I was sitting at my desk and I spot a random friend and I'm like, oh, you're, 
this isn't good. You're you're not supposed to be here, and you're especially not supposed to be at my desk because you're a bed bug. If anything, stay in the bed. <laughs> Please don't come up <laughs> on my desk. You're a bed bug, not a desk bug. Desk bugs wear glasses and have pocket protectors because they work in offices. <laughs> Not sleepy, lazy bedbugs with nightcaps on their heads and little candles that they hold as they walk the hall searching for their ghosts of Christmas past. Oh, boy. I saw these random lone wolf bedbugs, and I thought to myself, in my most optimistic sense, that they were lingerers, that they were malingerers. Nobody likes a malingerer, as, we, as we've learned from Mr. Belvedere. And yet, I thought to myself, it's, I think it's fine. I, I think that these guys are just... Symptomatic of a problem that has been largely taken care of. Mm. It's fine. Mm. It's not fine. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> because they started showing up at the bed, the bed again. I would wake up and I'd find little indications that the bugs, despite my not seeing them, are clearly there. Like, you know, red dots on the sheets. Yeah. Red yeah, streaks on the sheets. They're feeding off you, friend. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Uh, um, harsh reality. I- if you're not seeing, like, you know, bites or anything, that just means your body isn't necessarily allergic to them yet. <laughs> or that you're not allergic to them at all. I don't get bug bites from any insect. Um, anytime a mosquito bites me, my skin just doesn't... There's something about my blood. First off, insects don't like, but from a mosquito standpoint, but also my body just doesn't really register mosquito or bug bites. All right, Alex, you're a mutant. We well, get I mean, obviously you are too if, if you're not seeing any bites on you because they are I mean, definitely biting you. Yeah. There's I don't know. My, no way. My complexion on my body is like, it's very freckly. Like, I have a lot of freckles, and then, like, I just kind of have this naturally, like, bumpy sort of thing, like, on my arms. But that's I, that's always been my, like, kind of skin complexion, generally. So, if honestly, like, if I was being dead honest, how would I even know the difference? Is, yeah. like, the scary question at the end of the day. Brad, I'm sure you're perfectly right. You probably know more about this than anyone that's actually come into this apartment. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah. From now on, not only are you, not only are you the, uh, the, the interpreter of my dreams as the pharaoh, but now you're in charge of the Egyptian pyramid bed bugs. Like, uh, honestly, like, what, like, I, I don't know why they told you everything to do wrong, first of all. I know. Yeah. Don't, don't even get me started, because there's even more to this. Yeah. So, the, I noticed that there's a problem. They keep having exterminators come in, right? And what they keep saying to me on the phone is, you know, it's so weird. Like, we just keep saying to ourselves, every time we go into your apartment, you know, we go into your apartment to spray again. And it's, just, it's just so weird because your apartment is so clean. Like, it doesn't make any sense that you would have bugs. Ugh. It's so clean. Like, why would you have roaches? And I immediately oh. stopped. And I said to them, we're not talking about roaches. I've never seen a roach. I've not seen a roach in this apartment in I don't know how many years. Ugh. That's not the fucking problem. How do you not understand what the problem is? Oh, boy. Without- Cockroaches exist in dirty environments. Bedbugs don't need no. them. What they need is human fucking blood and flesh. Yeah. That's the problem. And they kept saying, well, we don't see any. We don't see any. We're spraying again. What are you spraying for? Are you spraying for bedbugs or cockroaches? Two different things. And so last night I finally broke down. And I'm sent- you have no idea. I've sent my manager, my property manager, so many emails. So many emails. Keep in mind, just this past turn of the new year, my ceiling caved in because the roof froze over with like seven inches of ice and my entire ceiling caved in. Wow. I've already had to deal with that. And I'm talking to the superintendent and he goes, you don't have a cat, do you? And I wanted to grab him by the throat and go, listen to me. You listen to me. You've lived here for about as long as I have. You've only lived here maybe two or three years less than I have. You have helped me repair my ceiling when my ceiling caved in. You even helped me put in my AC unit. That was years ago. You know I don't have a cat, right? You know that. You have to at least have a foundation for what's going on in this place. Are you out of your mind? He's like, well, I just wanted to know in case 
you know, you, if you had a cat, we, you know, this powder and this this chemical that we're putting down will be dangerous for the animal. Well, that's a good thing that I don't have a cat then, motherfucker. <laughs> Which is something you should know. That should be on a file yeah. somewhere. So let's stop talking about what doesn't exist in this apartment. Let's start talking about what does exist in this apartment. Yeah. So I'd I love to here. meet a landlord that has that on file. I'm sure some of them do, but I just imagine a landlord like, all right, well, I, I went into Jonathan's house today, and I saw he has a cat. I also saw that his plants are growing very well, but I'm a little concerned that they're growing too big. Like, I mean, but you, I mean, Alex, you joke, but like, you would have a note in someone's yeah, like definitely. tenant file that they haven't. I mean, you have yeah. to pay extra apartment fees if you have animals yes. in most cases. Yes. And you would be familiar, like, especially if you've come in and out of an apartment yeah. many times to repair a ceiling and now bed bugs. You know if I have a cat or not. This was last night that he asked this question. Oy. And so I come in and there's powder. As I've said, the powder's down, the mattress. They left the box spring here, guys. And I'm telling you right now, I see bugs through oh. the, trans- the semi-transparent box spring. All right. All right. I'm, I'm with it. you here now. Look, all right. Just throw it out the window. Here's Okay. Here's, here's what you need to do. Here's the uh, here's the game of action. First of all, before they had an exterminator, and they should have like prepared you. You need to take all of your clothing, all of your bedding, and wash it and dry it twice, like everything. Okay. And any and then you need to take like any anything any like bags like anything like that, any kind of like I don't know, backpack or anything. Put tie it up in a garbage bag, tie it up tightly for the next as long as you can. <laughs> don't okay. give them anywhere to hide. Um. That's definitely that that very specific point. I did. I had not been told. Yeah, they should like they should have to absolutely told you all these things. They don't. That's the point. They don't know. If yeah. Damn any any clothes that either like you can't get to laundering or like you know because you know it just, you can only carry so much. Um, like tie it up in some garbage bags. Or I can throw it away. Or, or you can burn everything. That's always an option. Paper. Those things will hide in paper. Like I, they're nightmares. Uh, but like really, what they should have had you do is like have. Get all, like, go, like, take all your book, like, take everything, basically, and put it in plastic containers, in garbage bags, like, anywhere they can hide, any kind of paper, any kind of books, anything. When So then when they come and spray, they don't just, like, run and hide in your shit. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's the first thing. And you should get, like, a, like, a plastic, like, a mattress covers and put, like, two of those bad boys around box springs and mattresses. And you can keep using them as long as they're sealed. Like, get those, like, uh... Get those, like, bed covers for kids that piss the bed. <laughs> like, throw down on those things. I, I understand. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, what it comes down to is, I'm going to get rid of all of this stuff. Uh, here's the thing. They told me, you know, the box spring is the problem. That's the source of the problem. These Ooh. are the experts talking. Keep but that's mind. not the source of the problem. That's just where they're all at. That's not the problem. I know. <laughs> where some of them I are know. at. Or some Let's not forget them. about those uh, guys in the desk. Yeah. So I automatically, you know, I was already having both eyebrows raised at that. They left the box spring in here, even though they know that's the source of the problem. And then they said, oh, but the mattress is fine. And I walk in. This is, this is as I'm having this discussion. Mattress is fine. Unlocking the door. Mattress is fine. Opening the door. Mattress is fine. There's a fucking bug on the mattress. Yeah. So fuck you. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Yeah. Oh, they're all in the mattress, probably. Who knows? Yeah. Depending on the type of mattress you have. Bed bugs are insane. We... We actually almost killed them back in the day. Um, there was a certain type of insecticide they used to spray on everything. Um, it was wicked cancerous, which is why we stopped using yeah. it. But they almost killed bed bugs. Like, it almost wasn't a problem. But they stopped using it, and now we have bed bugs again in America. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. Well, long story short, I don't want to live here anymore. I lived here since I first moved to Chicago in 2009. Mm-hmm. I've lived here through many different situations, and this is this is absolutely the breaking point. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy... My mom was very unhelpful. I've been speaking to both my mom and my dad, and the, I actually got a voicemail from my dad saying, you know, call me, and I'm like, for what? Because my mom's advice was, well, you know, you can't move because you have a lease extension that you signed. Like, you're going to get in trouble if... I'm not, I don't mean to make fun of my mom and the way she sounds, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's how she sounded. She sounded very nervous about the whole thing. She was like, well, you can't really do anything. Like, you have to stay there. I'm like, no, I don't, first yeah. of all. I don't. If there's some sort of penalty incurred because I choose to move before the end of my lease goes up, fine. But there's no... They're not going to sue. What the hell do you think is going to happen? Not gonna sue. They're not gonna yeah, sue. Yeah, you've me, got quite the file on them at this point. Yeah, fuck off is what I say to this whole atmosphere. If they're gonna get pissed off at me for that oh, decision, yeah. and then my mom was like, I, I asked her, I was like, "What would you do?" And she goes, "Well, I would buy a new bed and a new box spring." And I said, "And you would bring it into this apartment?" No. And she, no, Alex, I swear to God, she goes, "I mean, I guess I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "This is it really bad. It really boggles my mind." Like now we're getting into a whole another topic, but sometimes I call my my family and. They just sort of throw their hands up into the air and they go, I don't know, like, <laughs> sorry. Like, I hope it works out. Like, we just want you to be happy. Like, it always comes down to, we just want you to be happy. Like, it, it makes us sad that you're not in a good situation. Like, my mom will start crying on the phone, like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, then I don't even know why I called. <laughs> and that's really, I, that's, I know. That's so laughable and it's, like, so depressing and grim, but it's like, I'm going to stop calling then because... If you can't even give me the barest of advice, like my dad was much more practical. He said, of course you need to move out. Like, uh, that's what I was grateful for. She was like, well, let me give the phone to your dad. And my dad was like, well, move out. Like, who cares? Like, he's like, yeah, get rid. He's like, don't keep the mattress. Like, if they tell you to keep the mattress, that's bullshit. Just get rid of the fucking mattress and get rid of the box spring. And yeah, move. Like, as soon as you can, just move. And I said, well, the problem is I just don't know what to do for, like, sleeping. Like, guys, I don't know if you know this, but after we're recording this, I have to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything. And here's the craziest thing. I saved the best for last. Superintendent, I'm talking to him on the phone. He knows the box spring is a problem. And I think he's going to come by later tonight. He may come by during this very recording session. I don't fucking know. To throw out the box spring. He said to me, I have a box spring. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I have a box spring. It's in plastic. It's brand new. You can have it. You can have it. And I said, is it a queen size? And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) And I said to him, well, you know what? I'll think about it. But in my mind, I went, you know what? Not really thinking about it. I don't think I want your crazy spare box spring that's just been sitting, lying in wait. Yeah. <laughs> just for such an it? occasion. Why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And don't try to tell me that this is, this is a problem just within my unit. Don't tell me that. No, no. It can't possibly be contained to no. just my unit. If it's that, don't, if you have that many bed bugs, Jonathan, there's a lot of questions. Um, we can, too many to bother answering. <laughs> I well, I will say this: um, you need to get online and look up anything and everything you possibly can about bed bugs, um, because you will find out that they are not just in the box spring in the bed, and you know this already. But they're all over the house when you move. I would highly recommend. I read an article not too long ago about someone who um, just went through um, a huge bed bug scare, and they had them to a similar level you did. Like for some reason, they didn't notice that they were around, and it's very easy to not notice them. Sure. Um, and then they were everywhere. But they moved. 
but they didn't get rid of everything. Uh, there's a certain method you can use to where you can rent a moving truck and you can funnel like a heat into it. It's a type of treatment because uh, the only thing that can really kill them besides poisons is extreme heat. They don't like extreme, heat. Ex- yeah, yes. extreme heat, and I've also read extreme, extreme cold. Really, I would put my bed on heat. Yeah, um, everything I've read about the cold is it's it's still like not as effective. Yeah, I've heard people like I I put I put my pillow in the freezer and then what and it still didn't work and then it's like well, great that, you put a pillow in a freezer well, and now you have bed bugs in your freezer cool. Well, the, yeah, the temperature that I read on Wikipedia was like in the negative. It was like if you're gonna do cold, you have to like yeah. go into like yeah. sub freezing. Yeah. So uh, unless you know Mr. Freeze, no one can create that. <laughs> yeah. No, I do not. I would I would highly recommend doing that so you don't carry them wherever you're going to be going next. Yeah, that's. I'm not sure point. how much it costs, but well, that's that's the important thing is that you don't carry them with yeah, you. Yeah. The I mean the big thing is uh, yeah again like just uh, you know wa- washing making sure you do all of like your laundry as as much as you physically can at once. Mm-hmm. And then drying it, like getting, you know, drying it on high heat. And then b- before you bring your clothes in, put them in garbage bags, tie those motherfuckers off. Don't let them have a chance to I, get in. Double yeah, bag. That's what I was just about to ask because it was, it was the, the question I had was, you know, great, like do all the laundry, you know, b- you know, burn them in the dryer as much as possible. But then that's always my question, like bringing stuff back yeah. in to this place. This place is just cursed yeah. to me. Like I feel like if, if I'm going to, if I, I feel like I want to wait to do all of that laundry stuff right before I, like, move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, ba- like yeah, still bag it up and make do all that stuff, but I just, don't, I cannot take the risk. I, I cannot take the risk of paying more money for a new mattress and a new box spring. I can't bring it into this place. It's cursed. Yeah. Well, and... Oh, of and, course not. Yeah. And, again, I'd say when you do get a new mattress and box springs, leave the plastic on them for a while, just just in yeah. case. Mm-hmm. Just Because in they case. can't get through the plastic. I know. So They're put, put covers on them. Put covers on them. Leave them in the plastic. Whatever you need to do. Because well, yeah. If you buy a new box spring, maybe just like keep that plastic that it comes yeah. in, and then put something else on top of yeah. it. That makes the most sense because if you never even remove the plastic that it came in package, that would be a great first step right yeah. there. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, these are all good ideas. My next question is: um, so you're talking about the paper issue. Mm-hmm. Now, like, if I move, and, like, have either of you read or heard anything about, like, the transporting of books? Like, is it just a matter of, should I just check the books? Yeah, yeah, no. just check through the books. Like, that'll... Well, well, you'll see the ones that are in there, but they can lay eggs anywhere, dude. Well, sure, sure they can, but I mean... Yeah. Yeah, but keep, keep them, like, keep them in a plastic container for a while, though. Keep them, like, in a Tupperware, yeah. like a big, uh, those big uh, Rubbermaid things, for a while, and just store your stuff there for a while, mm-hmm. and then if you see something, then, you know, beware. And then panic all over again. Well, oh, no, yeah. just make sure, you know, if it's contained, like, you know, yeah, use yeah. it like a library. Take a book out and then put it back. No, if, that's no way to live. Well, not, you know, for if a short you, period of time, not long term. Sure. Because once they do, if you're able to do the, the heat treatment in a, in a van, or even if not, I'm sure there's a way you, to do it on a smaller you're scale. You're probably not going to be able to do the heat treatment. That sounds like kind of expensive and over the top. Yeah, I, 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 I do appreciate the advice, but I, at the end of the day, I think probably not. Yeah. I mean, if, I wanna, if you've got, I, if you've got, like, if you've got stuff, if you've got the bedding in plastic, if you've got, you know, your clothes clean, even if you move to the new place and, like, a couple of strays come along, just be vigilant. And, like, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they can lay eggs and there could be more, but if everything's, you know, kind of wrapped off, you'll know, and you'll know, you know, as soon as, like, you know, it starts up. Because you're going to be paranoid now for a while. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, you think? Yeah, you think? So... I like I'm at sixes and sevens right now because like as I'm doing this recording session like my family's calling me 
um, like people from the the building are calling me. It's just oh, it's just such a it's such a disaster. I I also have to I have one more question. Um, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> Mr. Freeze, wow. get it? I'm wow. having a panic attack. <laughs> you are. You are. I'm dying. This is time. what this is what it looks like. No, uh, oh, me and Alex fought you, bed bugs a long time ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it was brutal. It was. Uh, it, it was, was just when you were living together mm-hmm. in the apartments near NKU. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. It was. Was that a, was was that a, a building-wide problem? I, I mean, I, I, I. It's question. I don't think so. I. Okay. The, the question is, I, where did they come from? Yeah. And that's the sobering thing. We could have gotten well, them from a movie theater. We could have gotten them when some one of our friends came over. Yeah. I mean, the transferring bed bugs to other people, if you have them or don't know that you have them is, I, I guess, pretty easy. And they're rife in movie theaters, and goodness, we go to the movies all the time, yeah. which is where I just assumed that we picked them up. Um, yeah. But it was one of the most scary, sobering things I've oh. ever gone through. Yes. Well, I, I, it's, I'm so paranoid now because every sensation that I feel, and this is like personal information, but like every sensation I feel in my body, I just don't trust it. Oh, yeah, you can't trust it. Yeah. That's just, I don't know what anything means anymore. I'm like, is that just my? Is that just an itch? You know what I mean? Like, like it just it becomes a matter of you don't know what anything means yeah, anymore. I I, I would, trust. I understand all. Yeah, we. Well. I, yeah, we've been there. I can't have anybody come over. Mm-hmm. I will, I feel like I can't go over to anywhere else. Well, I mean, if you wash your clothes and put them in bags and you get dressed right outside your apartment, you should be fine. <laughs> Alex, cut to it. <laughs> I, I will say oh, this. Man. I mean, I, again, a lot of people are very timid to mention bed bugs. I was actually waiting to see if Brad would ever say that we had bed bugs. Oh, I didn't want, it was, hey, it was a trial. Me and Brad went through that together, and it's something that's Oof. very close, and, you know, to our hearts. But um, it's it's something that's a touchy sub with some people because some people oh, don't yeah. want to come out and say, hey, I've got bed bugs. And it has nothing to do with your cleanliness habits at all. No. No. It is something that just happens. They're oh. very good parasites. Um, they've been with humanity for a long time. So, Jonathan, if this helps you no. go to sleep, you're not going to get any diseases from them as far as we know. Here's, um, here's, here's, here's in, in the short term, here's what you can do. First yeah. thing I would say, go get some sort of, like, Rubbermaid, like, plastic container. Go buy one of those. Um... And all right, I'm leaving now. <laughs> and buy yourself another outfit of clothing Goodbye. that you trust, and put it in there, and uh, like just start keeping your clothes like on lockdown. So then at I least you feel, feel safe to go. Then you feel safe to go out into the world and be around other people. Brad, I feel like a mental. Patient. I know. I feel like you're. I feel like you're talking. I feel like you're tricking me into like a retirement home. I feel like an old man. <laughs> like it's okay, Hank. It's fine. You're fine. It's. <laughs> let's just let's put all your stuff in these safe boxes. <laughs> Listen, I. You. It's. Oh. Hank sees the bugs again. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goddamn. Let's make Hank feel. Okay. I, I honestly like. I, I. It was the. I was losing my goddamn mind oh, because yeah. when we had them, it was 2007. It was a long time. We yeah. don't have bed bugs presently. No. That was a long it was, time. It was ago. 2007, and it was when I was working at DHL third shift, mm-hmm. and my third shift was 9 p.m. till 5 in the morning. Oh, God. so I was already, and I, 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 I never, I never adjusted to that because that's a crazy schedule, and I had no social life for a year. I had, mm-hmm. I was going insane because I could not sleep, and there were parasites attacking me. Jesus. So, oh. yeah, I got nothing but like paranoid uh, memories of that time period. You were asking the question of, you know, where where did they come from? What was the what was the source issue? I think what happened was 
I mentioned my ceiling caving in during the holidays going into the new year. After that happened, I had to take my comforter uh, to the dry cleaner because it had been, you know, stained from the leak above, you know, from above. When I brought the comforter back from the dry cleaner, that was the only major item of the apartment that had left and then come back. And that's where they were. Like, I, I'm not, I still am convinced that that was a huge source for mm-hmm. them. Because there were just so many that I found yeah. in and, and around that thing. So that's the best theory that I can come up with for how this all started. And, you know, it, it easily could have just been me tracking them in somehow or whatever. But you're right. You can't not take it personally. And it, it, it makes you feel unclean. And, like, I, I just feel so mortified because, I, you know, I take care of my place. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not an obsessive compulsive cleaner, but I'm a clean person mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. Like I maintain a home, <laughs> and what's so funny is that I've lived here for so long, and when these problems, like in the past, have been solved, like the ceiling and other issues, when they get solved, I feel very safe here, and like that's like a, a feeling that I've come back to many times after these problems, and I just know that this is not a problem that can be solved, no. a- a- as you know, in such an easy way mm-hmm. as fixing a ceiling or. You know, uh, I mean, I've had floor issues. I've had neighbor issues. Mm-hmm. And those have all been solved, and you can do that very easily. But right. bed bugs, man, that's, it's, I, it's a ball of wax that I mean, can't be back. We, we, we did fend them off Yeah, in yeah. the end. It took a lot of work. It did. And, and a patience. lot of that was, like, a lot of prep before the exterminators would come, like, to, you know, uh, either bag things up or, you know, clean things, keep them in bags. Mm-hmm. And just being yeah. vigilant, because I mean, well, when you know you had bed bugs, what did you do? Like you knew you had to sleep that night. Yeah. Oh, it was a long process of. Ugh. I mean, yeah. It but was... what did you? Do, but what did you do when you knew that you had to go to sleep that night in that apartment? Um, uh, the first couple of nights, I'm not sure there was much sleep to be had, to be honest. Because um, I don't know what I'm gonna do tonight. I I, I just. Um, I I. Psh, I do you have a friend? You can st- I just. I don't. I. Well, I mean, keep in mind, they can't hurt you beyond sucking your blood. It's creepy, um, but that's, they, I mean... It's creepy, but that's it. You've been sleeping with them already, buddy. Yeah, for a long time. They were How they were, <laughs> They were siphoning off your body heat as well. Like, they were loving you. They're like, they're your How best friends. How dare you friends. suggest I'm in league with the bugs? <laughs> oh, no, but to, you, to, to them, you're a god. I mean, you're the source of food. You're the source of the heat. Shut up, Alex, shut up. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, also bear in mind that we I been... never asked for this crowd. Here's, here's what. <laughs> here's what you do: um, take a couple of Benadryl, have a drink, and just get through the night. Let it go, yeah. and then take a shower in the morning. You'll get through it. I mean, it's it's something we've been dealing with, I, maybe for the two hundred thousand years humans have existed. I think bed bugs have been a thing we've just dealt with. Um, oh so yeah, to take comfort that your ancestors had to deal with it on the on any like on the Mayflower. <laughs> I'm sure the bed bugs were there I, in the this anthropological uh, <laughs> this this whole slant that you're taking is is meant to be comforting, but it's beyond the beyond the intellectual. Alex wants uh, to tell you about here. history. I want to tell you about drinking. Look, yeah, I'm sure yeah, that yeah, the yeah. bed bugs were not just an old or new world creature. Yeah. That they were with the Native Americans as they were also with everyone well, in Europe and the West you and know, the East. I, I don't. All right, shut it's, up. It's, 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 I don't. I don't think I started drinking regularly until this event occurred. So oh, no. Me and well, here's the thing. Like 
I have money in savings for new bedding. I have money in savings to potentially move to a new apartment. And there's another issue here that's completely different. I have, like, really good news that's coming up in the very near future, and that's I'm going to start... This is the thing. Like, I can move into a new apartment, but by moving into a new apartment, I'm going to have to explain to these people, these new people, that I'm not going to be in Chicago from December through March of 2015 because I'm going to be on a cruise ship performing as part of a second... Let me finish! (laughs) As a part of a demon cult. Now, do you say, ooh? That's the lesson you learn. You let a person finish a sentence. <laughs> no, because I've got... So, the point is, I'm going to be gone on that cruise ship for four months. So, another thing that I could do is... I mean, that's so far away. Like, that's December. Sure, that's sure. really far away. But my thinking is, do I... I have to leave. I have to get out of here. I, I can't stay here. I can't stay at this apartment with the bed bugs. I can't stay. Um, but also, like, storage units... Mm-hmm. What if I kept everything in storage units and I just became a like a, a couch surfer? I'd, there are so many options here at my disposal. And here's here's something about Jonathan that you can learn right now, ladies and gentlemen. I've been on like what fifty of these fucking episodes. Here's something that you'll learn about me. I don't like options. <laughs> the more options you give me, the more uh, panicky I get because I don't know what fucking route to take. All right. Um, well. First of all, you you got this time period. Um, first of all, congratulations. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, shut up. And uh, <laughs> I I'd say good thing you got this time where you'll be on a cruise ship. That means you can put most of your stuff in storage for a while. Which means you know anything like books or anything that you were worried about that'll be that should be enough time. I mean, sure, that's in December. right. That's in December, so you got to get till there. Uh, but I, you know what, guys, I want to I want to my my senses are being overwhelmed by cinnamon. I think you've given me enough advice. Guys, there are more people that need advice. Awesome. No more bed bug talk, even though every pinch and itch I feel is potentially another little friend. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Maybe, for all I know, for all I know, I'll look to my left and I'll see a little desk bug friend. I don't, maybe he'll help me as we uh, go into this next segment. Maybe, maybe the bugs themselves have advice for their human overlords. Guys, do you know what, do you know a little lady named, uh, Abby? Abby? Are you f- Abby? Abby. She's she's a dear woman. That's why they call her Dear Abby. That's why they that's why they call her that. Did you know that? I, I did not. I always assumed uh, she was good at uh, slaughtering animals with a gun. That's disgusting. I, it is. <laughs> what a violent theory for you to spend. Well, I grew up in Tennessee. Now, Dear Abby is a lady who's been giving advice. Her name is Abigail Van Buren. How German. And she's been giving advice for nigh on 200 years. <laughs> But now it's time for her readers to go to you, Brad, and you, Alex, for some for some more practical advice. More practical In the advice. is this part of the game, Alex? What's the name of the game? What's the name? Um, giving advice. The game. There Congratulations. you go. Congratulations. You got it. Is it called Spitting Wisdom? The game? <laughs> nope. <laughs> giving advice. The game. Guys, uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. Wow. Here. Give me a number between one through seven, and I'll, I'll pick that from the pile, and I'll present it to you. Brad, you go first. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Dear Abby, my father passed away recently. Flowers and plants were sent to the funeral home. After the funeral mass, the flowers were sent to the cemetery for the gravesite services. Afterward, I was asked to go to the funeral home to pick them up. When I arrived, I saw my sister-in-law taking the plant her employer had sent into her car. She said it was her plant. The next day, my other sister-in-law went to my mother's house to retrieve the plant her company had sent. Abby, I've never heard of this. 
I thought that because the flowers and plants had been sent to my mother, it should be up to her to decide whether or not she wants to distribute them. <laughs> After all, she's the one suffering the greatest loss. What is the proper procedure for plants to be distributed after a funeral? Signed, Christine in Missouri. <laughs> Grow up and shut <laughs> the fuck up. I do think it's pretty crazy that a company would send a plant to a can, grieving family I, and then say to their employee, "Hey, go get that plant back." I, I have to admit, I want that. I have back. to admit something off off the top. I do know the proper procedure because I have gone to so many funerals because I grew up surrounded by elderly people and dear. I know all of the funeral procedures and um. Yeah, people. That's pretty much how it always works. Like somebody really? from your work sends a plant. Uh, that's your plant. First of all, really? yeah. Why they send it because they know you. Like they they send it because they knew this one person, not because they care about your family. Wait, no. But what she's saying is, this woman who wrote in is saying, I thought that these plants were meant for my mother, whose husband died, and yet everyone's taking them. No, back. but they're not. Shouldn't... They're not meant for the mother. Like if okay, if if cousin Sarah's boss. Send flowers to Aunt Barbara. They're Cousin Sarah's mm-hmm. flowers. They came from her company because they care about Cousin Sarah, not Aunt Margaret. But why would you want them back in the first place? I well, don't you're understand. not getting them back. You're getting them... Like, they they were sent because this person's connected not to the family. They're connected to Cousin Sarah. But the <laughs> but at the end of the day, the flowers are a symbol of like sentimentality. Like it's supposed to be a it's supposed to be a symbol of like sorry for your loss. Correct. Ah, uh, the flowers. Shouldn't the that... flowers are pretty much for show for yeah. the viewing. And oh, it's all for show. Yeah, yes. but it's it's, just it's a simple. show for the viewing and for around the graveside, the ones that they take there. Uh, the rest of them are just prizes for people. See. This is interesting to me because I've always been curious about the flower politics at a funeral oh. because I don't – I mean I, I never really take flowers from a funeral to me. I, I never knew that was possible. Um, but I think – I understand where Brad's saying now and I think this is awesome because now I understand that, yeah, they're pretty much whoever – it's a grab bag. Guys, I, yeah. I hate – I hate that I know this information. But like I can – if you want to know especially especially about about uh, southern West Tennessee fun- funeral traditions, um, viewings, um, the dishes you're supposed to bring to a family and the amount thereof, I fucking know God. this shit. Like, okay, well, I may ask you questions about that oh, in a second. The, the spread. The spread of food like when somebody dies and also like how far that goes out. Like, okay, like let's say if uh, my mother died – it's a party, uh, but I, I can tell you like what the table should look like. If uh, now, if my cousin dies, I can tell you what the table would look like for that. It's a different table. It's fucking crazy, but I know this shit. I would have to I say. Mean, I, I guess I. I guess deferring to that makes sense. I, yeah, I, I don't I like do, it. I still feel it's a little. I don't. I think it's gross. It's, it's pretty callous. Yeah. yeah. I. I. I feel a little better though knowing this is the the etiquette because I always in youth. Um, felt really sorry for the family that had to deal with all those flowers after I just assumed a funeral home or a church just distributed them or got rid of them. I, I there's a lot of flowers at a funeral. Yeah, I was like, who's gonna like put flowers all in their house? And now oh. they have to like remember as I look through the flowers as they're dying that yeah. their loved one just died. Like, well, I always just don't even that bother. The, 
I always assumed the vast majority, as mentioned in the letter, would just be placed by the gravesite. And then eventually, you know, whoever is managing the cemetery, they would remove those flowers, you know, once they, you know, start to shrivel up and, you know, look not so great. But I always thought the point was that's where they just wind up. That's where they rest. And it's just so strange to me. I, I, I would love to get an answer from somebody at that company because what is your interest in getting these getting this random plant back? What, no, no, what it do doesn't go back to the company. To there's si- it goes to the it goes to the relative who works for right. the company. Yeah, they got the flowers. Why would to they back. want it? Well, because well, maybe they're a pretty the fl- flower arrangement. I mean, the uh, the going idea is the flowers were sent because of them. The flowers are basically indirectly sent in their name. They're uh, to they're help to help that them. Person yeah, breathe. they're for them. Yeah. Fair, I okay. And I, who I knows? didn't really think of it in that way. That makes sense. And there could be other things to this story. I mean, it's on a case by case basis. But generally, yes, what we're saying or what Brad's proposing is true. But who knows who sent these flowers? Yeah, I don't, I don't Maybe think they, they were really intended for the person taking them back to work. I think let's stop sending flowers to funerals. I think it's weird. Sure. What should we do instead of flowers? That's a question I have. Um, like I is Gift is cards? as gross as it is. Shut up. <laughs> like the the food spread, at least in the the West Tennessee funeral game. Is is a good thing. Yeah, I, definitely. But when there's a lot of people at a funeral, they're gonna get hungry. You, it's because it's like well, it, it goes to the it goes to the house of uh, the degrees of family, which is quite an ordeal. But like it's insane, and like I can I can tell you the difference of a funeral table and a Thanksgiving table. But there's a hell of a lot of food involved. Um, and the idea is, well, you know, you don't have to worry. The family doesn't have to worry about cooking or anything for a while. As they're dealing with all of this, I think that's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. It oh, gets yeah, weird that's... because there's more crazy politics that we do not have time to go into. But yeah. see, that also deals with something that's post-funeral, post-awake uh, or whatever. Like I think, like you said, Brad, the flowers are more for the show. It's like these extravagant. I mean, it's just some s- yeah. stupid metaphor yeah. that we have there. Could we replace that with another metaphor? Like, do we even need all that? I, I, I think no. I, yeah, I think funerals in general. It's a little. It's bonkers like it's too much and i guess grow up and shut up does wind up applying to the woman who wrote in because i mean who's to say that the wife of the of the dead individual is grieving yeah. more and deserves more flowers yeah. than anyone else because okay so if, i get they what also they now, also right? have to deal with all of the fake flowers because here's an here's another weird thing uh fake flowers generally unless it's very specific uh those do go directly to the injured party and then you got to deal with a bunch of fake flowers uh that's a very weird stipulation. Yeah. yeah. That's very odd. Well, let's let's put that to rest. I think we've decided that ultimately it, it is kind of crazy that <laughs> people can take back their plants. But if it helps, no one no one is grieving more necessarily than anyone else. So maybe just let Cousin Cheryl take her goddamn <laughs> Target-sponsored plant. Yeah. I don't know. So, Alex, pick a number between, uh, between one, two, three, four... Five and six. One, one through six. I'm gonna say uh, two. One, two. Dear Abby, my wife and I speak English as our native language. I also speak other languages fluently, although my wife does not. When we travel to a country where I speak the language, she insists I speak only English. She says everybody in the world now speaks English and accuses me of showing off when I converse with a local in his or her language. She says it makes her uncomfortable. I realize many people in other countries speak some or even a lot of English, but many do not. What do you think? Signed, Speechless in Atlanta. Wow. What a racist bitch. Seriously. What a xenophobic racist bitch. Ugh. Grow up, you Anglo-maniac. Yeah. I mean, in certain cases, I Honey, think... Honey, stop speaking Spanish. Stop it. 
Honey. They know English. You're condescending to them. You're showing off. Stop it. Honey, what's wrong? It makes me so fucking mad when you talk in another language around me. What are you saying about me? I'm so what scared of what I don't know. About me? My husband knows every known language. <laughs> I only know one. Were you flirting with her? No, I asked her where the uh, where the restaurant we're trying to go to goes. Well, how am I supposed to know when I don't speak the language? Bitch. Maybe you learn the language, fool. Maybe learn the yeah. language. Like, I, learn l- learn a taste. Have an idea. Look, you have an amazing husband or partner um, who can speak fluently all these languages. Help, let him help you, or be cool with him being a translator. It's okay. And it's so ridiculous for someone to say to their husband, "Hey." When we're in these other countries, you're not allowed to do that thing you do. You know that thing you do where you speak in their language? Oh, yeah. You only speak in my language. That is such a fucked divorce, this person. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's where this is heading if, if she seriously thinks that she can ask that of him. Because if he speaks all these languages, that's more than a hobby. Like, this is something that's part of his identity. And if she's like, I don't want you doing that, you have to it's be like, It's a lot of hard work to learn a language. It really is. Yeah. And there's tons of awesome benefits. Um... I think you should be more open-minded, woman, and uh, just be cool with it. I mean, try it. It's fine. So you don't know what everyone's saying. I like the way Alex Alex said, I think you should be more open-minded, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, fair of sex. I don't know her name. Listen here, little lady. (laughs) Hey, little lady, that pasta will cook itself. Don't don't worry about that pot roast. I need to talk to you for a second. Just put it on 360. Come here, come here. Am I going to have to smack you in the mouth again? Look, don't we, worry, I'll speak in the language that makes you comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the language of the Americas. <laughs> Brad, pick a number between one through five. Two. One, two. Dear Abby, my husband has a male coworker, Bo, who comes to our house occasionally. We have two bathrooms, one of which is in our bedroom. The other is the guest bathroom. When Bo needs to use the restroom, he goes into our bedroom and uses ours. He never asks, he just goes in. Even after I have pointed out the guest bathroom, it creeps me out. I feel like he's invading my personal space, and I think it's rude. What can I do since pointing out the guest bathroom hasn't worked? Bo is intimidating. He thinks he can do whatever he wants. Please tell me what I can do, signed, creeped out in Greenville. Beat the shit out of Bo. Yeah. (laughs) He's intimidating. Fuck, get, get a lead pipe. The only way Bo's gonna learn is with a stern talking to with that pipe. Yeah. Ding dong. Hey, it's me. Can I use your bathroom? You can use the guest bathroom or I will beat the shit out of you. Get out of my house. You don't live here. You don't belong here. (laughs) Why are you even here? Go away. Mm, I like your bathroom because it smells like jasmine. Door slam. (laughs) (laughs) I'll rip this house to shreds to get to that bathroom. (laughs) I'm Bo. Fuck Bo. You can't spell B, uh, you can't spell Bo without <laughs> O, and O is the first half of Oh No, which is what you'll be screaming when Bo slams down your doll. You, you couldn't have gone with a B.O. joke. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try it again from the top. You can't spell Bo without O, and that's one half of what you'll be screaming Oh No, when I slam your doll down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Bo is uh, intimidating, but he's also idiotically eloquent. <laughs> yeah, Bo. Uh, um, it's weird that after you point out the guest bathroom to someone and say, "Hey, this is the guest bathroom," they insist on using your bathroom. I think I like to think that he doesn't respond in any speech. He just goes mm. <laughs> and just walks Ugh. right up to the bathroom he likes. Bo, I told you not to use that bathroom. Do, do you, Bo, does Bo not understand he's a guest? Like, what's happening? Bo, Bo thinks Bo he's family. Is Bo a bear? <laughs> oh, 
Bo is the bear. That's why he's intimidating. Hey, Bo, hey Bo can I see your hat for a second? I just want to see your hat for a second. Give me that hat. Oh, you're a bear. Well, that's why he has a name like Bo. He's he's a circus animal. I love that when they write in, they have to give people fake names, and Bo was in quotes. I'm like, that's the name you picked? <laughs> Did you go for the stupidest name you could think of to make him seem as stupid as possible to Dear Abby? His name is Quentin. <laughs> His name is Quentin Crisp. He has a mini book of quotes. <laughs> he always uses my powder room. <laughs> Alex, I want you to pick a number between one, two, three, and four. Wait, have we one, two, solved the bow problem? I Oh, yeah. Beat the shit yeah. out of him. Okay, Kill okay, him. that's... Okay, that's... I would also, also, don't be... have him come over, call the cops. Yeah. Two other options. Yeah, it seems really suspicious that he's constantly using your bathroom in your room. The next time... The ne- okay, here's, here's another solution. Next time he goes to your bathroom, open the door. That would be awesome. Follow him in. Stare his ass down. <laughs> Look at his tiny limp dick. <laughs> Aw, poor little Bo. And say, great job, Bo. <laughs> and then when Bo gets flushed in his little chipmunk cheeks, he'll run screaming for the heavens. <laughs> she looked at my dick. <laughs> Oh, it's the first half of what you'll be saying when I break down your door down. <laughs> Alex, pick a number between one through four, please. I will pick number four. Two, three, four. Dear Abby, my husband and I live in a 55-plus retirement community. We do many things together, but we also do things independently. One resident decided to form two men's clubs. One meets every week for breakfast, and the other twice a month at night. The members go to each other's homes for the evening meetings. Abby, the man who started these clubs is chauvinistic. He made a rule that women are not allowed in their own homes when their husbands host a meeting. Quote, no skirts allowed, quote. Therefore, even though the wife prepares everything for her husband's meeting, she's told to slip out of the house before anyone arrives. My husband agrees that this is ridiculous and is considering quitting the club, but he has formed friendships with some of the men. The guys are bamboozled by their leader and tell the wives that anything said at a meeting is, quote, confidential. The obvious solution would be to meet at a coffee shop, but the man in charge says the homes provide a more intimate setting. My husband feels bad about it, and I don't want him to quit a group he enjoys. Any suggestions? Signed, Good Little Vegas Wife. Ugh. What a fuck. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. No skirts allowed. Um, this is my home. You're not allowed, asshole. You know what? You and Bo can go fuck <laughs> off. Hey, Cheryl, come here for a second. I love the fact that you made this delicious casserole and these deviled eggs for us. Could you do me a favor? Before the boys come over, I want you to go out the back door, climb the chain link fence, walk down the alley, and go fuck yourself. Can you go fuck yourself, Cheryl? Thank you so much. My beloved wife of over 40 fucking years. You've had fucking three children with me, and we've had 15 fucking grandchildren that we've fucking taken care of. Could you get your fucking tits and your fucking cunt out of my fucking apartment? <laughs> yeah, that's fu- You can't do that. No. Hey, it's not my fault. It's what the, the hell are they it's, talking yeah. about in these secret yeah, boys this meetings? Is weird. Like what? What are they talking about that's confidential in this intimate in setting? this um, little rascals gang? Yeah, that's no, what the, it is. Do they no, talk it's about not a little like, rascals? Do they they're talk? sucking each other off? Let's oh, just say oh yeah. I, there were two things. One, either they're a boys club that gets together, and maybe they're talking about their past. Maybe they're or they're pushing working rope. through, or like, they're pushing rope. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say talking about war and stuff like that, and maybe they don't want people around to hear those stories but they're also probably making glory holes in their bathroom or just getting down to basics you know no women allowed yeah none of these 55 plus year old men have anything to say they don't know fuck fuck that that. ladies aren't allowed fuck them no skirts allowed no tomatoes with your bowling pin legs and your betty boop figure yeah us old guys are gonna get together and watch some straight porn maybe jo in front of each other so what Maybe do you think more. they should? Sorry, how old how old was this? Were these people again? It's a it's a retirement community. Which yeah, is they're where old. My, 
which is where my grandmother on my mother's side used to live. It's one of those communities where 55 plus, it's like you're vaguely getting into retirement age. You can get like a little house, and these places are usually, depressingly enough, set up right next door to a nursing home. So you can just move 15 feet to the left when you become infirm. But 55 seems like a young age to start living in a retirement community. I bet they're wealthy. I bet everyone in that community is really wealthy. Because if you're retiring at 55, you probably are really well off. (laughs) So what would you tell the wives? What do you think they should do? Do you think they should revolt? There's a lot of things to do. Um, I should say that her husband should actually try to overthrow the ringleader and uh, divide the group just for drama. Just try to, like... By beating the shit out of him? (laughs) Get some boys, get some pipes that aren't your dicks, um, and, yeah... Show him with some, uh, get, yeah. Have him and Bo go into an alley. Um, the first rule of old man club is you do not talk about old man club. Yeah, we got a new club going. I love, keep in mind, they meet, they meet yeah. two clubs. There are two clubs. <laughs> there's breakfast club, and then there's nighttime house club. God. Breakfast club, you fruits? You, you, you enjoying fruit with your breakfast? You fruits? <laughs> See, I would I love breakfast with my friends. I like eggs. I am gay. Like, what is... <laughs> well, that's what it is. These are all... I'm just imagining you know, the male version gay, of guys. Golden Girls with, like, Aww. Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Mickey Rooney. Yes. Charlton Heston. Oh, God. Yep. And then the, the, young, the young sexy one is Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Wait, who did we just say? So, Mickey Rooney, Ernest Borgnine, Chuck Norris, and who's the fourth? Heston. Heston. And were there five Golden Girls or just four? I think there were no, there's four. four. There were four. Yeah. Yeah, there were four. We got them. We got them. We got them. We got them. It's, th- th- this new sitcom is called uh, Crusty Old Men. <laughs> is it a spinoff of Grumpy Old Men? Eh, who could say? <laughs> Brad, pick a number between one through three. One. One. Dear Abby, I'm the happily married mother of two teenage boys. The other day I overheard my older son, age 17, talking with a friend about, quote, twerking, quote, I've never heard of it, and now I'm worried. Is twerking a drug term? Is it similar to tripping, getting high, or catfishing? My 17-year-old is supposed to go to... (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) My 17-year-old is supposed to go to Princeton next year on a sports scholarship, and I'm afraid twerking will derail him from his charted path. Thank you for any advice you may have. Signed, Troubled Mom in Connecticut. Okay, Abby, heads up. You just got catfished. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a real question. She does... Abby, Abby gives very practical advice. She goes, well, just so you know, twerking is a, it's a dance fad, so just shut up. <laughs> just calm down. Your your son's probably not doing drugs. Probably. I, I don't know your son. <laughs> but in terms of tr- catfishing, Jesus Christ. That was a catfish. That was a 100% catfish. Come on, everybody, and do the catfish. Look at those whiskers round and round. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of catfish lately, and as a professional catfisherman, I can tell you, like, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Uh, funny thing about uh, this recording session, as we keep going, fellas, uh, I, I keep noting the uh, the cinnamon. Uh, my mouth tastes like cinnamon now, and also the roof of my mouth kind of uh, uh, has a sensation that's funny. So, if I die, this will be recorded evidence. We'll miss you. We'll miss you. Bye-bye. Please send the audio uh, before yes, you die. Yes. yes. Uh, do you have any advice for that woman? Do you think she should talk to her son? <laughs> Um, <laughs> about twerking. <laughs> I think she should not talk to anyone. Just keep uh, keep don't talk to just, anyone. <laughs> uh, keep uh, living your life, um, afraid of what your son's doing and afraid to talk to him, and uh, be more comfortable sending letters to newspapers. You crazy old plastic, lady! Put yourself in a Rubbermaid container and never come out. Yes, good plan. Alex, pick a number between one through two. Um, I'm gonna go with two. Okay, dear Abby, my 83 year old mother has decided she wants to die. 
She says she's miserable, but I think she's causing her own misery. Fuck you. She has medications to address her physical ailments, none of which are critical. My siblings live in other states. Mom feels it's a, quote, burden for them to travel to see her, and she refuses to travel. Mom is in assisted living, is in assisted living, and is now refusing to bathe, trying not to eat, and doesn't want to talk to anyone or have visitors. She's obviously depressed, but refuses counseling. If she continues being uncooperative, I'm afraid she'll have to go to a nursing home, where they might let her starve herself to death. One sister says I should force mom to do fun things, but I don't know what she wants. We used to go out to eat, but she no longer wants to do that. I've tried to honor mom's wishes, but I'm at a loss about what to do for her. Do you have any suggestions? She's signed almost at wow. Wittsville. She's 83 years old. She's done all the things. She wow. wants to die. Let her die. But I'm afraid if I take her to her nursing home, they'll let her start. They'll let her starve herself to death. Why would you think that? Yeah, that's a, that's like the hardest way to die. Like, there's so many easier ways. Kidding? Like, help her. I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking <laughs> about that this person. This person thinks a nursing home. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. Would let her mother starve herself. Yeah, to death. that's not gonna happen. Nursing homes are terrible, are but they're not that on? terrible. Yeah, they're not. They can't. They'll get put an IV head. in her before they yeah. let her do that. I'm sorry, but what you what were you saying, Brad? I, I was. She's 83 years old. She's already done yeah, all, all she's of the done things. things. It's like let. She wants to die. Let her die. She's lived a life. And it sounds like she's letting herself sort of slowly fall yeah. apart. What's crazy to me is she's already in assisted living. like So she probably has a nurse come by every day. Mm-hmm. And this nurse somehow can't figure out. So she's not bathing. She's not eating. Maybe just fire the nurse because clearly well, that I is mean, having no effect In like on an assisted living life. thing, like there's only so much you can do. You can't force because they still have, you know, mm, they true. still have ability. They can make the decision. And like if she wants to take herself down, she can take herself down. Oh, the problem is, yeah, then she will probably be forced into a nursing home where she'll have a little bit less autonomy. So I, I don't I, help her die now. What what's something I, that you could what's something you can force an eighty three year old woman to do that's fun? See that you can force her to yeah. do. The, 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 there's two points to this that I think are very interesting. One is how do you force an eighty year old woman to do something fun? And I imagine this daughter exhausting like crazy things, like making making mother go bungee jump, making her. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like do the Tower of Terror at Disney that's, World. No. Like, oh, Peter, no! See, that's what I want to see. I think there's a movie script in here somewhere of like, Grandma wants to die. Well, I'm gonna do my best to make sure she goes out in a blaze of glory. No, no, wait, no, 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 no. no. Here's the tagline: Grandma wants to die. I'm gonna make sure she lives. <laughs> oh, yes. So it's fairly. It's a kind of a long tagline, but hey, you're welcome, Hollywood. I like it. That that movie will sell. Who do we cast as Grandma? Like, who wants to die? Can the movie be called Grandmama Mia? Oh, Grandmama Mia. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a sequel. It's not a. It's, it's not a, a sequel. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, it's a sequel, Jonathan. Okay, well, I, it's an it's an Italian movie that's being sold to English. She's market, done market. She's here done everything and everyone that she wants to. <laughs> Ew! But who Except will kill Jack her? Nicholson. Uh, who will have the Jack Nicholson of as himself? <laughs> I knew it was going to. Guys, be. we have uh, we have one more piece. Oh of wait, I'm not done with this. There's something else I think is a little weird about this. Really quick, before we go to the other one. What? Um. What? Okay. I, as Brad said, if this old woman wants to die, I mean, she might not be in the best of health. She may not be of sound mind. She's obviously depressed. So maybe there's other factors to this. But if someone really wants to die and they're old and they have their faculties. I don't see a problem with letting them do that. Take away the qualifiers. The if someone wants to die, let them die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just let them die. But I here's mean, the God's thing sake. that's a little weird. Why doesn't grandmother do this herself? Why does she put this on her child to do? She, what, because that's a little selfish of her. Wait, what's well, she, what she putting on the child? 
No, there's nothing in the letter, Alex, that says that the grandmother... The, the grandmother, I feel, wants no contact with anyone. She has said to her children, I don't want to travel to you. I don't want you to travel to me. Don't do it. Just don't. Like, I'm done. She is very much, I think, sequestering herself from the rest of the family. She, she, I don't think she expects a damn thing from her family because she's letting herself wither away. And the problem is no one knows what to do because they feel like they should intervene, but... She's saying no to everything they say. All right, just make, that's what the letter was. Th- th- okay, I, I misinterpreted the opinion of that because it sounded more to me, or at least I could see a situation where the children are always trying to give her attention for this, and maybe this is Grandma's way of I don't know. And some, I mean, people are sick and weird, so who knows what's really Grandma's agenda? So yeah, okay. Then my my thing of Grandma being selfish may not necessarily be the truth there. No, I don't think this is a pity party or anything like I that. I hope not, but you're right. Um, so in that case, yeah, let, let Grandma do her thing. Just let her Brad, Alex go is, away. Brad, Alex is ready to discredit this grandmother I, immediately. I, He's like, <laughs> listen, bitch. Look, grandma, look, grandma, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, <laughs> like, if I, if I could get you the pills right now to end it, finish it, I would gladly do so. Oh, sweet Brad Harbinger of death. <laughs> I, I say have fun with it, Why, Grandma. We should just, get a sailboat I, like, and just sail off into the sunset. I wish we could just like have some more open uh, assisted suicide in this country. Because if people want to go, we'll never, like the the biggest I, the thing is, people are too selfish. People are too selfish. They don't. They 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 will. They would never allow that dialogue to happen. Like, we can we can we can die painlessly, but like it, they, people make it so fucking hard because they want them around for themselves. Yeah. They're selfish. As if you're not going to forget what your relatives look like after 20 years. I mean, give yeah, me a break. It's fucked up. Like, you think your brain is that powerful that you need some sort of, like, burned brand of the loved ones that you're losing? I mean, give me, that's... I know that as grim as that sounds, it's true. I yeah. mean, give me a break. Let them pass into the sweet night and let's just let her do her own thing. <laughs> She's lived 83 years. You're telling me that her story is somehow not as compelling as yours? Give me a fucking break. She's lived a life. Yep. Uh, this last bit of Dear Abby advice here uh, requires no number selection because it's the last one. It's short and sweet. Dear Abby, I love my daughter-in-law, and I am afraid she is harming herself because of her addiction to tanning. Her boys are in high school and cannot remember their mother without a really dark tan. (laughs) One son told his classmates in grade school that his mother was African-American when they were doing African-American studies. Parentheses, she's Caucasian. Close parentheses. (laughs) My son says he cannot convince her to, quote, lighten up of it. I don't know what to do. I am, signed, so concerned for her in Illinois. My my daughter looks like a black person. (laughs) My children think she's black. How horrible. <laughs> They're telling everyone that their mother is black. A, stop being a what racist. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, uh, stop being racist. Uh, That's gross. Like, yeah, this sounds gross. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't be tanning that much, but I, no. you can't make people not tan. <laughs> I, it's, yeah. I, I, well, Abby goes into all of this science about melanoma and skin cancer, but I don't know if she... I don't have the other page that came with this. Aww. I hope that she at least somewhat addresses... The fact that there's a racial component yeah. here. Yeah, that's, that like, definitely needs to be addressed. Yeah, you should be concerned. She doesn't even talk about skin cancer in the like, letter. You know, she doesn't bring it up Here's once. another thing. Like, this apparently has been going on for years. The kids don't even remember when Ooh. she didn't have a dark tan, but it's only a problem now that the kids think she's black. <laughs> they well, can't remember a time says, when their mother wasn't black. She says that her boys are in high school now, and that when they were that when they were in elementary school, okay, I think okay. they say grade school. Oh yeah, because children will get confused by right, these things. All right, so because no high school kid is going to be like, my mom is black. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, dude, our mom's not black. She's not. <laughs> no, she's tan. I'm 17. I thought, oh god. <laughs> 
It's Screech. It's Screech <laughs> who's been thinking this the entire time. <laughs> oh man. Well that's Dear Abby for you. That's that's giving advice to game. Oh boy. Ooh. Guys, I know that we just had a little sit down with a beautiful woman named Abby, but fuck Abby. We don't know Abby. We don't know her from a hole in the ground. I want you to get reacquainted with a woman we all know and love very well. Her name is Laura Wimson. Guys, do you realize that Memorial Day was uh, just oh, recently? it was. It just recently came and went? Oh, yeah. Well, Laura remembered, even if you did forget. She remembered for Never you. forget. With a column entitled, Remembering Those Whom Time Has Forgotten. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Remember, as always, if you ever feel the need to stop me and ask a question, it's probably going to be necessary. <clears throat> My brother and I traded grins as he reached for the handle to ride in the back seat of our father's car. I'll ride up front, I announced needlessly, and we both laughed. (laughs) (laughs) I was back in Buffalo. Wait, 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 give me that again. I know. I know. Here we go. My brother and I traded grins as he reached for the handle to ride in the back seat of our father's car. I'll ride up front, I announced needlessly. And we both laughed. All right. <laughs> cool. If What's the inside their father's joke, Laura? Car, if it's their father's car, let's assume that dad is driving. Let's assume that yeah. dad is in the driver's seat. And is this some sort of play on siblings getting the good seat? I, I, I don't know. I guess. We'll pr- we, we will be given no further context. Oh. It's a pointless insider moment that she just wanted to share with us and rub it in our faces that we didn't get to experience it. I'm being... Okay, there's a... I shouldn't be this harsh right from the get-go because, oh, but I was back in Buffalo, my hometown, for the second time in less than a year after being gone for 45 years. But my first visit had gone so well that I couldn't wait to get back, and this time I invited my little brother to go with me. We whipped through traffic as we sped toward the horizon, chattering away with the usual how-was-the-trip updates, and finally swung onto a street whose name I recognized from the return labels on the birthday and Christmas cards my father has faithfully sent. We parked in his driveway, but didn't go in the house right away. Instead, oh, okay, so he clearly was not driving. It says, instead, he raised the door to his garage and indicated that we should follow him, although I had no idea why. Turns out, my dad's garage is a museum of military memorabilia. Flags, medals, patches, photographs, certificates, weapons. Whoa. A vast collection (laughs) documenting every branch of service and just about every war and conflict you could name. He held up a uniform on its hanger, pointing out the various patches and what they represented. Is that your uniform, I asked? Odd? No, mine is in the basement, he said. If the garage had an already... Wait, 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 what? You'll find out, you'll find out, you'll find out, you'll find out. This isn't a Don Draper situation. (laughs) That's the uniform I pulled from the man who tried to have sex with your mother. If the garage hadn't already impressed me, the basement would have done the job. (laughs) I'm sorry. So he says, he says, no, mine is in the basement, he said. If the garage hadn't already impressed me, the basement would have done the job. More of everything, including my dad's old uniform, I was pretty sure it would still fit. Here's something interesting, he said, scurrying over to a corner of the basement. (laughs) Is her dad a bed bug? Is is her dad a bed bug or a giant rat? (laughs) Oh, hello, Charlotte. Here's something you might like. (laughs) Already overwhelmed, I followed, watching curiously as he opened a huge map of Europe mounted on a backboard. 
Someone had meticulously marked dozens of locations on the map. On the margins, a neat handwriting documented bombing missions and targets. Mains Bridge, Castle Tank Works, Hanover Railroad Yards, Berlin City, Weimar Arms Plant. Here's his discharge. Here's his discharge papers, promotion certificates, medals, bars. All the provenance is here. Dad said. I could barely breathe. This is incredible. Was her dad a I secret gasped. Nazi? <laughs> I don't know. I could barely breathe. Oh, this is incredible, I gasped. Where did you get all this? Dad shrugged. The widow was moving and was getting rid of some stuff. She didn't want it. Now I was really staggering. Oh, she didn't want it? Nobody in the family wanted it? No kids? Happens all the time, Dad said, matter-of-factly. This is... this is unbelievable, I breathed. <laughs> you know when you breathe and words come out? <gasps> unbelievable! <laughs> I gotta buy cat food. Damn, it's impossible. <laughs> Krill, this is really creepy. <laughs> uh, th- this is this is unbelievable. I breathed. This is one of a kind stuff. This guy documented everything. My brother was still looking at the map. This should be in a museum, he said. I know, I cried. People should see this. I still can't believe anyone would let this stuff go. It's like when you watch Pawn Stars. People come in and say, people come in and say, oh, here's a sword my great-great-granddaddy used when he fought in the Civil War. I'll take 50 bucks. What are these people thinking? Happens all the time, Dad said again. Collectors know the historic value, but that family connection is something else entirely. The problem we see nowadays, you get a kid in the family with a drug problem. He takes the family silver and before it can be traced, it's melted down. I reeled. That breaks my heart, I said. There ought to be a law against that. It ought to be a law that you can't melt anything down that's more than... Sorry. It ought to be a law that you can't melt down anything more than 50 years old. That stuff is gone forever. Oh, boy. I this mean, is Laura is like one second away from being a hoarder. Uh, she's on her high horse. I know that fucking much. And horse is only one half of hoarder. And oh no, is what you'll be saying when I bash your door down. <laughs> <laughs> it's tragic. Dad agreed. Thank goodness some people still care enough to preserve these things. You know, like him. <laughs> a, an apple that didn't fall far <laughs> from the tree. If you see anything you want, say so. I shook my head. I didn't come here to get anything, I said. I can't I'm sorry, see sorry, you. sorry. Can, can we just... The apple that doesn't fall far from the tree is people that are mm-hmm. just full of themselves. Is that is that the... That's what I'm implying, oh, okay. yes. That she's her father's Definitely. daughter. Everyone behaves like this, but I don't because I see the error of such a way. Good job. <sighs> Fuck you. I'm Laura's father, and I feel the same way. Ugh, Good for worst. you. Worst. I shook my head. I didn't come here to get anything, I said. I came to see you. I know that, he said. But here's something you'll like, since you're a Teddy Roosevelt fan. He handed me a medal, bronze, embedded with a silk ribbon. That was given to veterans of the Spanish-American War, Dad said. Uh, I can't take this, I stammered. T.R. would have really had one like this? Sure you can, Dad replied. I'm sorry, I need to say it the way it's written. Sure you can, Dad replied breezily. And yes, he would have. I turned the medal over in my hand. I wonder whose this was. Dad laughed. Well, it's probably... Sorry. Dad laughed. Well, it probably wasn't Teddy's. I laughed, too. Later, I wrapped the medal in my thickest socks. Tucking it safely in... (laughs) Why? 
Why? Tucking it safely into the most protected pocket of my satchel. What are you talking about? This is the most protected pocket of my precious satchel. In inside the precious pocket of my satchel is my most uh, whatever sock. What was it? My thickest, my most thickest, prized my prized thickest socks. sock. My thickest sock. These socks won a prize one year, you know, because they were so thick. My prize-winning thick Inside those socks. socks is a priceless medal. In my secret satchel. <laughs> I came home, bought a display case, and carefully hung the medal as my dad had instructed me, so it would not put any undue stress on the ribbon. I thought about this medal and all the medals in my father's collection. And all the medals in all the basements and attics and garages and dresser drawers all over the world. I thought about the men and women who had earned them, and those who had not earned any medals but fought anyway. I thought about people who melt these treasures down for the cost of scrap material and wonder if they ever realize what their decision really cost. I thought about people who give these mementos away or sell them and how they are passed from one hand to another, generation after generation, until nobody knows whose it was or how it was earned. I looked at my medal and thought about its silent testimony, and I made a promise. This Memorial Day and all those for the rest of my life, I will remember. I will remember even the stories I do not know. (laughs) The end. This, I mean, this is echoes of uh, Angel Up the Roof. Mm-hmm. Just, it's like I, 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 I think about this and this, and I think about this thing, and I think about this thing, and I think about this thing, and I will said this and this and this. Yep. It like I, 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 I hate that I can now recognize Laura Wimsett Patter. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 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 very. I mean, I think this goes in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If this definitely goes definitely in the hall of fame. definitely. I will remember the stories I don't even know. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you're going to remember the 17-year-old boy who died in a ditch that you didn't know and no one knew because no one bothered to ask his name. They just called him Pig Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he got shot in the brain. That's the story you remember? <laughs> yes. You horrible woman. <laughs> yes. I I am a I I am a funnel through which everything flows. <laughs> I am Gaia. I am the spirit earth. Oh, oh, Laura. That's Laura Wimsett for you. I'm surprised. I'm surprised there's not more questions. I, or, there's, uh, I mean, there's nothing but questions, but I mean, yeah, I mean, where do you start? I don't know. I, can, I'd like to backtrack because uh, there are a couple of Laura Wimsett columns that you haven't read in the podcast. They are available on the wiki. They're absolutely available on the wiki. Um, we I, we've recently learned that Laura is the founder of a Teddy Roosevelt Club. Yeah, Aww. I believe they're known as the Kentucky Rough Riders. Yeah. What? And they get together. They use this. They get together and have presentations about things that are loosely tangentially connected to Teddy Roosevelt, or not at all connected. Or to not Teddy at all. Roosevelt. Some of them don't even know who Teddy Roosevelt is. <laughs> I just like to read the selection here. And we are a real club with a real program. Join us at 2 p.m. today at the Owensboro Museum of Fine Art, where Mike, who was a member of the Citizens Advisory Committee to the U.S. Mint, will be talking about Theodore Roosevelt and the genesis of a coin design. Yes, Teddy Roosevelt was involved in coin design, too. Oh, my God. No, this dude is just going to talk about coin design. So you're telling me, Laura, that the day that this column is printed, the same day I'm expected to run... 
to a Don't museum walk. somewhere in Owensboro. Don't walk. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt would have rode a horse. Maybe you should do the oh. same. But 2 o'clock that same day, so you're telling me I'm, I'm at my breakfast eat, reading the newspaper, and I think to myself, 2 o'clock? Well, we have just enough time. Quick, everyone, into the showers we go. Oh, I mean. What are the other two that, I feel like there were a couple more that I put up that I didn't read. Yes. I put up three all at once because a couple of them like got delayed by the post office, like they got lost in the mail oh. for a time. And I had to buy a subscription yeah. to the Messenger Inquirer's website at one point. I, guys, there's some classics. Um, the gri- Oh, the road trip. The road trip one is, I feel, straight up classic. Yeah. The the one where Laura keeps saying, hey, the road trip was a piece of shit fucking garbage day, but I didn't <laughs> complain. It really is. Like, everything goes wrong, but I'm not going to complain, and we all got along, and no one complained. Alex, have you read this one? No. Okay, Alex, what you need to know about this is the whole family, so Beth... Briley, uh, her son-in-law, they all pack themselves into this van, and she has an air conditioner blasting her in the face, she has a <laughs> shitty radio station blasting her from the right, and then her granddaughter has a, a portable DVD player blasting a cartoon to her left. So she's having a panic attack in this van. They're going to um, sorry, she's, to watch their She's son. also seated next to her ex-husband. What? Ex-husband. <laughs> what? The one that I Moser forgot called? about that. You know why I forget about that? Because it's only in one sentence. Yeah. He's never brought up except for one sentence. Well, then well she's a lot to complain right, about. So she's not worried about him. Keep in mind, this is the ex-husband who would come over to her house yeah. to mow the lawn, and they would rip up her flowers. Wow. And laugh maniacally and drunkenly, presumably. But anyway, they're going to Louisville because her son, Timmy, is assistant baseball coaching a game. <laughs> why would you go to a game that your son is the assistant coach for? That's so stupid. Yeah. Is it the Louisville Bats? The Louisville Bats they, as a team? Yeah, are they going... You said Louisville, right? I get Louisville... Yeah, okay. they went to Louisville. Yeah, is that's... That a name, is that a name of a team? Yeah, that's the uh, minor league team that's there. Yeah, I could have told you all that. I don't know uh, they, Louisville Bats. Uh, I mean, Brad, Brad knows why are you holding it. back? Well, I just wanted... I, don't, I, I, don't wonder, I thought Alex knew this one, and Brad. when Alex knows a sports fact, I like to give him a chance to say it, because he doesn't and know I as many as I do. I appreciate that. I appreciate Well, the Louisville that. Bats, that's a terrible name for a sport. It was founded by old ladies. I mean, because if they win... Or Draculas. <laughs> um, because if they went to Louisville for some teens weens non-minor league assistant coaching gig, okay, Laura, there's a lot of questions I have for you uh, that we need to talk. We need to write Dear Abby about your life. Um, Only now? Well, I mean, her ex-husband's right beside her. Her grandchild's blaring the music or the, the television show, and there's air conditioner in her face. But she's not going to complain? Was that the point of the article, that she's... Yeah, and nobody complained. But she really wanted to? Well, no one complained until now, because her passive-aggressive article is a complaint in disguise. She complains about at least 20 to 25 Yeah, here, let me just read a a quick selection for this one. Oh, please do. in In the category of, can this get any worse? It did. Lane closed your slow traffic to a crawl, so our two-hour jaunt to Louisville took nearly five hours. Jesus. Fortunately, the slow speed gave me plenty of time to figure out a solution when my grandgirl began weeping that she had to go to the bathroom. Now. I'll spare you the details. Suffice to say, thank you, Taco Bell. So you stopped at a Taco Bell. But nobody like complained. Think- <laughs> and then it goes on. I would like to think the- that they did not stop at a Taco Bell. She 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 had her daughter shit in a bag from Taco Bell. 
<laughs> well, and she talks about how she wanted to leave promptly at 10 a.m., but then her daughter Beth was like, no, 11 a.m. And you know what? We're getting breakfast, too. And Laura just rolled her eyes in the backseat going, all right, well, if we want to get there on time. like, and She was sending people like very terse text messages being like, remember to chip in for gas, everyone. And it's like, all right, Laura, all <sighs> right. Stop sending me text messages about gas. Leave me alone. And then at the end of that column, she says, and then as we were driving back, we ha- we found ourselves in the sketchiest part of Louisville imaginable. Don't ask. A.K.A. a black neighborhood. <laughs> like, don't even get me started. Like, you're not going to convince me otherwise that they found themselves in, like, what they deemed a ghetto. And she was probably like, oh, my. How sketchy. I've, I've been with my family too long. I know the coded yeah. words for... Well, this is bullshit. I kind of want to know the story of how she got there, because she said not to ask about how they got there. Oh, she says that like three times, like, don't ask. Oh, don't ask. My ex-husband oh. was sitting to my right. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> I, I, Why? But I will. I, I want to know. You're the one who brought it up. Like, <laughs> there's not a moment of not... There's. It's, this is just Laura being a bitch. It's crazy. I'm and not, then the I'm third column is... The third column <laughs> is the one where she tries to memorize the Gettysburg Address, but then gives up. <laughs> Because she decides it's better to be a patriot and honor the name of Abraham Lincoln and those who died in the Civil War than finish memorizing the Gettysburg Address, which you said you would do, and then you didn't. (laughs) Well, why do you want to memorize the Gettysburg Address? Did she have to, like, say it in front of people? No, no. Her boss sent her a video of these special needs kids who learned the Gettysburg Address as, like, a graduation thing. Like, it was just this challenge that the kids had. And she weeped, and she thought, oh, that's so beautiful. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna tape. I'm gonna tape the Gettysburg Address to my bathroom mirror, and I'm gonna tape it. I don't know where else to her like desk or her computer, and I'm gonna memorize it, even though I've never memorized a thing in my life. That's what she's she says. Not, she's never memorized a thing in her life. How is that possible? It's not possible because she went to school. She writes down every phone number that anyone's ever told her. She writes down every address. I'm not memorizing it. Didn't you have to memorize uh, long, um, not that great selections from Macbeth when you were in high school? Not Laura. Oh. Mom, we're going to Taco Bell. I'm not remembering that. She, Laura faked it the entire time through high school. She would like oh, yeah. write it on her arm, or she's one of those Our, kids that found no, a way no. to put it in her pencil. No, no, she was just writing in her calendar. <laughs> yeah, the calendar that she used to do math. I mean, let's not make anything, let's not mince words. She didn't go to college. Yeah. She has said that. It, I mean, she immediately started working for the Messenger Inquirer at like age 17, and she's never left. She works for the uh, the the public school system. I'm sorry. Have you guys already recorded an episode where you play the voicemail I left for you about yes. Laura oh, Wimsett? Yes. yes. So so you already realize that my mom has met with Laura Wimsett oh, many yeah, times, yeah. and that my mom thinks she's a bit of a wingnut. Oh, of course. Yeah. Is are we surprised? Are we surprised? No. Like, but I love that my mom reads the columns as she's clipping them, and her reaction is, "What a weird I love it. <laughs> so great. Like, why is she writing about the Gettysburg Address? Like, why is this happening?" Also, on some level, she's probably thinking, why does my son want me to do this? Is he making fun of this poor woman? Knowing my son, who's a bit of a snarky queer, I bet he's making fun of her somehow. <laughs> but yet, That's fine. She doesn't know what else to do. Nope. <laughs> so she just My mouth articles. tastes like cherries. My mouth tastes like cherries. Is it weird that my brain tastes like cherries? Should my brain taste like anything? Oh boy. Should, my, should I be able to taste my own brain? Mm. That's never good. Oof. Oh, Jonathan. What about my little bug friends? What do they have to say? Oh, they're swarming around me and making a dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're lifting me up into the heavens. Bye-bye. Farewell. We'll miss you. No, I'm back. Okay. They let me down. <laughs> I'm laughing myself silly. 
But that's Laura Wibsit. Oh, thank you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, Laura. <laughs> I mean, fuck yourself, but... <laughs> oh. I mean, no one's complaining. Especially not Laura, no. but, you know. Yeah, keep it coming, Laura. Please, give me your book. Seriously. We're gonna get that book gotta get, somehow. Gotta get the book. What if I bought? What if I finally got a copy of that book through buying it or obtaining it somehow, and then the bedbugs ate it? <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> and they ate it. All right, here's you know when we get hold of that book, the first thing that has to be done is we have to do an optical character recognition scan and digitize that damn thing. Phew, phew, phew. Fifty percent, fifty-one percent. Virus, virus. <laughs> no, no. Oh, the, bur- the the pages are burning. <laughs> it's the Necromonicon. Oh, please watch your language. <laughs> this book is an ancient Kentucky historical <laughs> artifact. Is it? Why is it under lock and key? Can I make a photocopy? No. You'll distress the pages. You can only make a uh, photocopy if you're there in person holding the book. No, what I'm saying is they wouldn't even let me do that. Uh, <laughs> They'd have a man with gloves holding it in front of me. Do you want me to turn the page, sir? No, I'm not done yet. Right. Can I take a flash photo? What are you? It's the Mona Lisa! <laughs> Fuck yourself. I'm gonna figure this out. Boys, I'm gonna figure this out. I think it's time. I think we need to talk about another friend. <sighs> is, that, is it that super special time of the week? Check in with our pal, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China never mattered before. Who cares? I think I have the shortened theme song down. It's Streaks on the Da! <laughs> it hurts me. It hurts. Yeah. <sighs> According to our new Da! <laughs> Streaks on the Hard cut. Streaks on the tap. We just might. <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> oh. I mean, they got to get all these great stories in, right? I guess. I mean, I'm... fellas, whose turn is it to uh, summarize? Oh the well, Jonathan, it just so happens it's your turn. Well, let me bring up my little stopwatch over here so I can keep an eye out. Let's see here. I'm trying to remember all of the stories involved. I know the A story. I know the B story. And I'm trying to remember if there is a C story. Hmm, I don't believe there is. All right, well, take a moment. Uh, do you feel good? Are you ready for this? Uh... Your job will be to summarize as much as humanly possible within one minute without going over or going too drastically under, because that's lame. Yeah. Oh, I understand the ep- I understand the rules of this. I mean, after all, Ramjack's been around for almost 200 episodes. <laughs> wow. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Alex was going to say, wow, John, that really stung. But instead he went, wow, it really has. <laughs> Never say that Alex isn't the eternal optimist. Uh, uh, and we've only been playing this game since episode 50. Oh, dear God. Damn, that's... All right. I believe I am ready to go. All right. And you will be going in three, two, one, go. George does not want to go to the dentist because he's a big crybaby, and Wesley is kind of into it because he's a bit of a sadomasochist. But here's the thing. Once Wesley goes to the dentist, he is told that he has to get braces. Oh no! Miles has braces! Miles is a loser! And so are all of the other kids at school who have braces. And I'm Wesley, and I'm starting to get a little preteen boner for the little redhead girl. Oh no! If I get braces, she won't like me. No one will like me. I know what I'll do. This entire, this entire summary is now in first person. I'll put a handkerchief 
over my face, and I'll pretend that I'm a little gypsy boy, and no one will know that I never actually got my braces. It's all a long, long con. But at the end of the day, Wesley decides that, okay, all right, I have to get my braces. In the meantime, <laughs> Kevin sells Belvedere a really piece-of-shit car, and they fight a lot. And so Belvedere gets his untimely English bloody revenge by putting the car in Kevin's apartment. Ha ha ha! Isn't that funny? Wesley has braces. He's a metal mouth. Everyone hates him. You're not going to get laid. The end. 58.7 seconds. Damn, Johnny! Yeah! Nice. That's what happens when you have it right in front of you. <laughs> you can you can see the seconds just ripped ripping away from you. They're being ripped away from you. <laughs> just like my just like my uh, flesh and tissue are being ripped away by bed bugs and chemicals that smell like cherry blossoms. Oh boy. <laughs> um so we start off and Marsha is in a full Jay Leno rig out. Yeah. Oh no god damn She's it. She's wearing I miss these outfits. all the denim. <laughs> Well, this is a particularly crazy episode for denim. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have an unconventional nominee for worst dressed at the end of this, just to let you all know. All right, all right. Those are always welcome. But what, so, I'm sorry, I, I don't really remember this particular effort, so she's just top to bottom denim. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a light denim shirt on that's um, long-sleeved, and she has really high-waisted 80s, uh, slightly lighter or slightly darker denim. I can't tell. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, I think it's dark, but it's then it's like... It's got a wash. Uh, it's bad. The wash is almost the same sure. as a shirt. Yeah. It, you don't match. And the belt is that. a little darker, and the collar is like choking her to death. Like it's, <laughs> oh, God. Well, why is Marsha? Why is Marsha banging on a door at the top of this episode? She's saying, "Come on out here, you. What's what's going on, guys? What's oh, going well, on?" Somebody. He just doesn't want to go to the dentist. He's scared to yeah. go to the dentist. Oh, I, I bet it's I bet it's Wesley, right? Because kids always kids always hate going. To well, the that's a kid. Belvedere, it's either Wesley or Kevin. Belvedere goes to the yeah, door, or Heather, and Belvedere's like, "Listen, if you come out and go to the dentist, I'll make you your favorite Sunday with sprinkles and terrible things." Uh, and out comes George. What George? A grown man, you say? How unexpected! <laughs> if you cannot predict, if you watch this episode. And you cannot predict that that was going to be the punchline. Put yourself in an, in an, in an institution because <laughs> you cannot take care of yourself and you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Wesley is actually into the pain, I think, of going to the dentist. He's actually... It's weird because George is going and Wesley is going. Yeah. So they both have appointments. Yeah. You'd think that the whole family, if they're going to sync this up would all go at the same time, but that's apparently not what's happening. It sounds like a weird, like, dentist Father's Day special. <laughs> like, bring your yeah. kid in. It's a, it's dad and son dentist time. Dad gets half off. Yeah, hold hands as we work on your teeth beside each other. But Wesley has a comment to the effect of, oh, I don't mind the pain. I Like, you know, they have all, all those crazy drills, and then after it's all said and done, you feel good because, you know, you don't feel the pain anymore. That's what sadomasochism <laughs> Yeah, Wesley... <laughs> yeah. Wesley teased. Like, he's also like like trying to smear like peanut butter and things on his teeth. He's like wants oh. to really get his money worth with that. Cleaner. Yeah, which he is says crazy. my money's worth. Which means what does that even mean? You're implying that your your parents are paying for this, Wesley. You're not paying for this. Well, there's some well, questions that be. come up later. Um, well, we know Wesley has ways of you know procuring funds. Yeah. Can you imagine being the dentist when a kid comes into the office like? Not really trying to talk because he's hiding something. Then he opens his mouth and it's just caked with peanut butter and jelly. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, it really is a very gross gag. It, it does the job that it's trying to do, which is make us think that Wesley's gross. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Kevin is back, and he's visiting, but he does say that he's in his apartment. Yes. Yeah. Now, I would have appreciated a, a little hat tip to nursing school, but we didn't get it. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. having some money trouble, though, because he still doesn't have a roommate. Um, still. How, how much time has passed, we do yeah. not know. Uh, but he, he has a plan. What's that plan? The plan is he's going to sell his car. His beloved yep. car. That old his Barracuda. Barracuda. Which is a... I don't even know. I, I don't trust that that's a real model of a car. Oh, that's a car. I'm pretty sure that, it is. Really? Yeah. A Barracuda. Yeah. Well, we see it, and it's kind of like a... I, I don't want to describe it as... It's not like a VW bug, but it is sort of like squatty. It's like kind of kind of a crushed, squished car to me, from oh, what yeah. I remember. It's the Plymouth and, Barracuda, and they made them oh, from 64 to 74, which at this point I guess would be over a decade-old car. Oh, yeah, that's why that car is such a piece of shit in this, in this episode, because it's falling apart at the seams. Yeah. It was made in 1964, and now it's 1980—what year is this now? It's got to be 86, 87. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still, it's still, uh, you know, still a nice car, but it's, it's. Oh yeah, especially nine. for the day, yeah. it was really nice. I mean, it's a nice little roadster. But it's, yeah. It's, well, as, as Marcia is talking to Kevin about this car situation, I, you know, I, I have a hard time sometimes picking up on the really garish elements of these of these fashion templates we're, we're presented with. But her jeans in this scene in particular, I mean, you've talked about how crazy Marcia's jeans have been. Her ass yeah. is so big, and it's it's just it's somehow very present and aware of itself, but so flattened mm-hmm. and neutralized at the same time. And everybody in this episode, Kevin, Wesley, and Marcia, they all seem to be wearing the same style of jeans, where the seams or like um, I, I want to say like the the natural folds and wrinkles of the jeans are are a brighter or no not brighter darker blue than the rest of the jeans. So you get like this crazy emphasis of where the jeans fold and crinkle yeah. and mash together because the color is just your eye goes to the crotch. And it's this fucked up magic eye painting that is just it's a disaster. It's so bad. Like her jeans in particular I was like this is the first instance I've seen in this episode of just fucked up banana bread. Indeed. <laughs> and in comes Heather who I mean, also, a fashion nightmare. Like, she's got, like, uh, her jeans, like, they seem to be exactly half of her body at this point. Oh, Like, yeah. it is bizarre. Like, they, they go so far beyond the belly button, it's not even it's, funny. Oh, it's so crazy. Kevin's hair is out of control, too. Yeah. And as, as someone who has been watching a lot of Full House recently, John Stamos in the first season of Full House in 1987 had the same problem. He has Kevin's yeah. hair, which is a big head of hair. And it's one thing if you want it to be long, but at a certain point, what you're creating is this fucked up thing where the hair starts moving down over your shoulders into big puff puff ponytails. I'm going to yeah. blow your mind, Jonathan. And this episode what? is taking place after the first season of Full House. That, that is truly Isn't nuts. it, though? I mean, Full House comes off as pretty archaic, but B- Belvedere seems to come off as, like, from cave times half Oh, half yeah. Time. Well, I think part of that is the camera, because I remember Full House having a, a crisper frame rate, maybe? Well, I, we're also watching well, a bad transfer as well. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, but Kevin's hair is, is he needs to just get a cut, because I, I am a fan of that guy, as we've talked about, that actor. He's, I, he's handsome, put him in a greasy tank top, like, getting into a chimney and just, like, cleaning the fuck out of it. I'm into it, trust me. But this hair is, incre- it's incredibly bad. It's just a bad choice. Do, do someone call? 
Excuse did, me? did someone call for me? I heard that, I I heard that there might have been a chimney mm. that needed cleaning. I thought that... Mm, hello, Chimchuru. Chimchuru, um, welcome back! All right, Alex. Let's let's not give him let's not give him too much credit here. I thought that this was like a Beetlejuice Candyman situation where I had to say your name to evoke. I'll be you. completely honest. Sometimes I just listen for people talking about chimneys, what need cleaning. Do you appear on any other podcasts? Do you appear in any other context or situation, or is it just oh, Ramjack? It's pretty much just this podcast. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate I'm, that, Chimcharu, and uh, I would well, like to thank you for making sure that the chimneys here are impeccable. Okay. Thank you. There are no, but there are no chimneys, well, you know, in Alex's or Brad's or my home's. Well, um, can you get rid of bed bugs? I do not deal with bed bugs. No, thank you. But what I can deal with is leaving you a copy of The Italian Job. Oh, no, and a copy of Secondhand Jim Lions, Drew. great films starring. Oh, Mr. Secondhand Drew. Lions, oh, it's a great film. Alex, featuring Prince, uh, if, if um, I may. The, the world's greatest actor. Yes, we know. So Michael Caine, no relation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you were not actually Michael Caine, and you were not. Re- yes, yes, yes. True. Tr- you realize that you keep getting us the same movies, right? We have multiple copies of the the, the same movies at this point. Well, yeah, I think, I've, I, I've started giving my copies away to, to kids. I, I find. I, I thought you might start, you know, life. sharing them with friends. Yeah, there you go. Share them with a friend, Jonathan. But I thought your that mini was friends. your job. All your new I thought friends. It was, I thought, well, okay, shush. Let's not talk about the bugs. They'll hear you. Oh, God. That's terrifying. Mr. True, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it was mini. You have many jobs, it seems like. It seems like, I don't know, your mission statement's very broad and, it, and it's, complicated well, it's mostly It's mostly cleaning chimneys, what need cleaning. And yeah, also, but also handing out the films of Michael Caine. Solving mysteries. And you're also a superhero? I also solve mysteries. Yeah, but you're also a superhero. That, technically? Well, yes, technically, yes. Okay, well, I thought that with this resume, you would be the one handing out these movies. Why am I now tasked with continuing this legacy of Chimchurro? Well, yes, um, I just thought that maybe, you know, you might enjoy them, share them with some friends, and then all have a nice discussion about how great an actor Sir Michael Caine is. Greatest actor no of our generation. Con- no one's contesting that Michael Caine is the greatest actor of Listen, our generation. I bought Heavy on a couple of DVDs because, frankly, <laughs> nobody saw Blue Ice. I don't, I'm not aware of that one. And no, there's not right. a lot of fans of Mr. Destiny. Wow. Uh, no, I'm not aware of that one. <laughs> is, that on, is that on DVD? Please don't give me any VHS films. If some of his movies I've got, I've got a handful of Betamax if you're ready for them. Uh, I'm not, and I don't believe I will ever All be. All right, well, I'll leave so. you this copy of Jaws the Revenge. On in what format? Uh, it's on Blu-ray. Okay. Well, yeah, I've always been curious. Well, maybe right, Jim. you know, have a couple yeah, of drinks. Jim. Okay. Well, thank Great you, actor, Jim. Though. Who? Who? Uh, Sir Michael Caine. All right. Uh, okay. No Goodbye, Jim. Uh, Goodbye, Jim. Bed, but... Until Goodbye. next time. No, they're pretty... okay. Brad. Okay. Good. Right, so let's. <laughs> Brad, you missed him again. I, right. I didn't miss him. I just I, I move over. He comes in. I, I move oh. over. It's hard to well, tell. It's like sometimes. what I do. Uh, it's like what I do when uh, Adrian stops by, uh, guys. I wanted to say really quick. The reason Adrian hasn't stopped by in a while, I, I referenced this, I think, in passing, but he is very upset that I'm hosting that Full House podcast. Oh, really? Because as we have established, Adrian, he tried. He he wanted it to be a web series, and then it was a podcast, but it wasn't doing very well, and he couldn't afford the the, the regular fees for servicing the show. It was called Get Out of My House. I liked it, but it, it wasn't getting a lot of downloads. And he thinks I kind of stole the idea. So Adrian and I's friendship has been a bit rocky lately. Yikes. Jonathan. So that's if you've missed him, then that's that's why wow. he hasn't been around. Jonathan, real quick. Did you mm-hmm. did you steal the idea from Adrian or no? 
I mean, ideas are out. They're floating around in space. Yeah. Who's to say? I mean, it's a show about yeah. dissecting Full House. Yeah. Anyone could have done it at any time. Would Adrian have accused Joe Schmo in Paris, France, if they had chosen to do a, a version of it themselves? Of course not. Well, of course not, because that would be crazy. Or at least that's our logic, Alex. Hmm. But Adrian, you know, he gets he has a temper. He, you, Brad, you know, he doesn't get along yes, with you yes, very I've well. I've tried. I, I, I've tried to help bridge that gap, but ugh, oh boy, yeah, some people. Well, to be fair, you are obsessed with his I, face. I, I am. I am. <laughs> and to be fair, that is his business. So True. you know, it's it's a point of contention that we may never be able to leap over. Um, but getting back into this episode of Mr. Belvedere. Um, so we, we cut to... Okay, so we established that Kevin's going to sell his car. Yes. Do we establish in that first scene that Belvedere is interested in yes, the car? Yes, because, yeah, uh, because Heather Heather has driven Belvedere to the market um, recklessly. I knew I knew Heather had something, and it's the fact yeah. that, yeah, she's a terrible driver. Yes. Yeah, that's the C story you couldn't come up with, Jonathan, and it's not really Because it's there. not a no. C story. It's not really yeah. a C story. Well, it's story. mentioned it's again gag. later in the episode. It's, it's, yeah, but it's not a story. It's just... It's, it's continuing the fact that uh, women can't drive. <laughs> Sexism. Exactly. And and Marsha can't cook. So, ha, ha, ha. You know, the things she's supposed to be able to do. Yeah, how is she going to get to the grocery store if she can't drive? That's where women go. The grocery store. Um, so we cut to uh, Wesley at his school, which I don't think we've seen a school set for Wesley in quite some time, have I, we? I, I, well, no. There was the weird well, Jonathan, there's the party that he ruined. We can't. There is a scene before that where the front door opens and uh, yes. George and Wesley T come back from the dentist, and George has a balloon and a giant lollipop. Fuck. We George. can only assume. Yeah, you, a grown ass man cannot have a lollipop like that. You can't. No, it's from a it's different so time. Dentists were different back then. The jokes they've written for George in this episode. I mean, talk about the laziest of the lazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we. It's funny because he's a grown man, is the punchline for every single joke. I, I, yeah. I mean, it is time we put George back on the bench for a little while, though. Definitely. Like, he's, he's it's been very George-heavy for a little bit. You were kind of coming around in the supermarket oh, I, hostage Oh, episode. I think he's having a great time, and I'm enjoying oh, yeah. watching him. But I do, I, I think, you know, I still, I would prefer we get getting Wesley too, Yeah, Getting too big for his yeah. bridges. Give me a Heather story, damn it. I don't know, so did Wesley, you guys see his ass in that one? At the end of that one episode? Me? In what episode? You said you said he was getting too big for his britches. I was referencing the one episode where Heather said, "Damn, Dad, nice ass." After he uh, started looking good, my bad, guys. It, it could have been a smoother uh, reference. Um, but what's important about them coming back into the house from the dentist um, is not that George is stuffing his face with a lollipop, but that Wesley T has been hit with the news that he needs braces. Yeah, it has something to do with his his bite. His bite is off, or something. Yeah, to that he may effect. have an overbite. Yeah. Perhaps and and Kevin rubs it in by saying, Haha, "That's too bad, you little chump, because uh, I never had to get braces." And then the mom, Marcia, basically says, "Well, you needed braces. We just couldn't afford them." Okay, now um, let's 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 address a couple of things. First of yes. all, they could afford for Marcia to go to law school. Yes, um, they could afford to send Wesley to that private military. They could school. afford a housekeeper, and we find out in this episode. <laughs> They have a Porsche. Oh, God. No, no, Marsha has has a Porsche. Porsche. It is exclusively her Porsche. Did she buy that with her law? Because, I mean, you remember they were saying, like, back in the day when she was in law school, I'll be able to, like, I think she may even set a Porsche when she graduates from law school, and that bitch fucking did it. Kevin is going to school at the pit. 
the pit, the awful pit, <laughs> learning how to, like, change bedpans and take blood from dying old people. Well, he can't even do that anymore. We have no evidence that he continues to oh. be a nurse yet. That's true. I hope that the show it's, comes back around. If they come back and, and dig up stuff about Marsha wanting a Porsche and finally getting one, uh, surely they'll revisit his dream to be a nurse. Well, I just want to get that seal I back. Mean, oh, yeah, the seal has I mean, to return come before on. the show's Guys, out. Belvedere ate no, the seal. No. no, he didn't. Any animal that passes through that house, he swiftly Shut eats. your filthy mouth. Wesley saw that fat British oaf eating sausage, and he thought it was his pet snake. You know why? Because Wesley has been trained to think of his animals as potential meals for that fat British monster. <laughs> that is Cut what his is mic. happening Cut in his, his mic. house. Cut his, his mic. What a- Cut his mic. Cut his British monster. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so, Jonathan. I think you will be sorely disappointed when the seal comes back. Yep. In a future episode. Nope. Um, uh, if he does, I will give you both $25. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, 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 well In wager. the form of any gift certificate you choose. <laughs> That's how I reward people. <laughs> awesome. As we've I'll be getting two of so, those. So, yeah, Wesley doesn't want braces. I'll be getting say? two of those when I track down that book. Oh, shut up. So, uh, <laughs> nice. This is the episode where Jonathan started telling everyone to shut up. <laughs> we, should have a, we should have on the wiki uh, how many gift cards hey, have people been awarded by Jonathan. <laughs> how many gift cards? Oh, God. <laughs> how many gift card checks now, is see, Jonathan not cash? <laughs> no, that is a check that I will yes. fucking cash. Oh, I feel oh, I full trust. confidence yeah, Jonathan would cash that check. Trust. Like, Easily. Yeah, I'll, He's good for I, it. I'm, I'm not going to pull no green. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to pull no green in this shit. He ain't going so green. Let's keep moving. So Wesley yes, doesn't right. want braces. We've we established that right when he walks through the door. He's like, fuck me, fuck this, fuck my mouth. This is the worst. And we cut to him at school. I want to just talk about Miss Myers. Miss mm-hmm. Myers is this classic. She looks like she was ripped from a schoolyard, like a like a one-room schoolhouse in Ichabod Crane. <laughs> nice. She's such an idiot. She looks so dumb. And she sort of does that old woman shuffle. Yeah. And she goes, Wesley, what are you doing? Well, Wesley is unpacking an enormous industrial strength fire hose <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the school hallway. And she says, I don't see a fire. I don't smell smoke. And he, Wesley says, oh, I guess my teacher put himself out. Oy. Wesley set a man on fire. <sighs> oh. There was a man burning so severely that Wesley was able to rise above his sadism and think to himself, oh god, innocent lives will be lost. Lies that I didn't mark. I have to save <laughs> yeah. them. Well, you know... But then Miss Myers... I was gonna say, yes. Jonathan, you do know that the best thing about pain is not feeling it afterwards. According That's what Wesley, to Wesley. told us. Yeah. According to Master Wesley. <laughs> well, Master Wesley likes to give out pain as much as he likes to receive it. Have you watched Hellraiser, Mother? Oh, Hellraiser. Miss <laughs> um, Myers, okay, so the bell rings and all of the kids dump themselves into the hallway. Miss Myers, <laughs> this actor, she does this fucked up acting that I hate in TV shows and bad community productions of Brigadoon, where... <laughs> A character that was speaking <laughs> needs to continue pretending as if they're speaking, but this woman just sort of waves her puppet arms yes. at Wesley and sort of flaps her mouth up and down like, I'm not allowed to talk because I technically have no lines and they'd have to pay me if I had more lines. What are you yeah. doing? Get better at your job. <laughs> See, I read it as she was uh, an old woman that when all the kids suddenly ran into the hallway, she got confused she and just kind of went with the herd. Oh, Peter! Yeah, I it, don't was, know it was where a classic. I am. I've got to find my way home. 
Wesley! I don't Wesley. belong here! I haven't been a teacher here for 15 years! <laughs> oh, no! Only Wesley can see me, and he's not interested in helping me work out my unfinished business! <laughs> the bedbugs have formed a, a cape, and I'm flying away! <laughs> Do people wear headgear anymore? Is that a thing? I, I when Miles know. comes into the scene, his headgear is out of control. You gotta have a really serious overbite for you to have to have a headgear. Uh, yeah, I think what I think Miles's family is fucking with him. <laughs> like, isn't he's had headgear for years? <laughs> isn't it one of those things like where like I, I think like. I mean, like, people, like, some people, like, have to wear it at night or something, but, like, you don't yeah. have to wear that 24 hours a day, I don't think. Yeah. No. Well, now Miles uses it as a security blanket, uh, I guess. Well, yeah, he's, he's sort of for hiding so fucking it. long. And, well, Wesley's worried that he's going to wind up being relegated to the braces crowd, which, when we see them, to be fair, <laughs> they all seem like weird, sweaty boys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're good kids, but I feel like Wesley's... I don't know. I don't know. Wesley may, may be right to be a little worried. That one on the far left looks a little shady. They all look like they hurt bugs in their basements. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. And not, not bad bugs, like bed bugs, but good bugs, like ladybugs. <laughs> oh, fuck ladybugs. Oh, let's... oh, but why? Oh, they're gross. They smell. Oh, do they smell like uh, cinnamon? <laughs> That's the only smell I know now. <sighs> they smell They gross. smell like Here's proper a... ladies. No. Here's not, a delicious no. cheeseburger, Jonathan. Why does it taste like cinnamon? Why does it smell like cinnamon? Why does everything taste like cinnamon? <laughs> How are you doing today, Jonathan? Cinnamon. What? Not... Cinnamon. <laughs> your, your father has... Jonathan, your father has died. Uh, cinnamon. Uh, cinnamon. Uh. Do you remember after the accident when Jonathan could only speak in cinnamon? And by accident, you mean the slow exposure to powder radiation? Because <laughs> it's irradiated. Because, yeah, it's irradiated, and he never left his apartment. Jonathan never left his apartment. He put back the bed. He didn't do anything to his apartment. He just let the bugs just take <laughs> over his brain. Oh, real quick, do you have a cat? No, you know I don't have a cat. Okay, just making sure. The only way that you two should really just fuck with me, but every now and then just going, Hey, Jonathan, do you have a cat? How's your cat, Cinnamon? Oh yeah, <laughs> Brad. Brad, you know I don't have a cat, right? I I don't have a I don't have a little cat. cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. What, I, Brad? I don't have a cat. All right, you don't have a cat. I don't get the joke, but okay. Brad did. Brad. Well, I wasn't trying to tell a joke. What happened? Did you get rid of cinnamon? Oh, my brain itches. <laughs> I have to get to the itch, but the itch is under my hair and under my skull. <laughs> Stay with I us, John. I have to create a. Th- I have to create a third eye so that all the demons will be released. <laughs> what? C- cinnamon? <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't hear yeah. anything at all. <laughs> what? Purloin, purloin. <laughs> oh, okay. So Kimberly comes in. She's uh, she's the to, the hottest girl. It's, in school. it's Jenny Lewis from The Wizard. I couldn't remember who it was yes. until now. Oh yeah, nice. I recognized her. But oh, The Wizard. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the movie yeah. with Fred Savage. Wow, and yeah, she's like a strawberry blonde in this, right? Does she have like kind of reddish hair? Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah. like cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I, I only see everything through cinnamon. For example, Wesley's wearing genuinely. I'm, I'm serious. I love the jacket that they give Wesley. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's really cool. It's like it's like this cool like uh, not a bomber jacket, but it's like it's like he's gonna w- ride like a kid motorcycle off of campus grounds. Oh yeah, and it's blue. But and it's pink. got like. Yeah, it's got pink, uh, like, jacket patches on the shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. I'd wear that jacket. And Kimberly's like, she's up on Wesley. She's serious yeah. about it. She wants him. Yeah. She's ready to go. She's DTF. <laughs> 
I mean, if Wesley said the word go literally, she'd be on it. Oy. Oy. Oh, uh, Kimberly refers to the, the Brace Face group as the heavy metal group. Oh. When, which I think is kind of yeah. funny. When they turn around to look at them, to like really take them in, the way yeah. that Braceface or Miles has his arms around two of the he other guys name. is very creepy. Yes. <laughs> He's almost like, yeah, what's up? Especially oh, the way man. he has his arm around the little guy. I just, I, I don't know. Something <laughs> about that doesn't seem right. And what's the exchange they have? It, it establishes the fact that Kimberly does not like guys with braces, and Wesley is going to be fucked if he gets those braces. Yeah. And by fucked, I mean screwed over, not screwed or actually fucked. Right, right. He's going to lose the love oh. of his life. <laughs> I mean, you, just don't get the braces. You can't get the braces now, Wesley. You can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, I mean, Wesley agrees with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm. I I understand completely. I think he needs to. I I want to help him not get braces now. <laughs> um. So we we go back to the house. And I think Kevin is asking Marsha to borrow the Porsche. Ugh. And then meanwhile, we learn that Belvedere has bought the Barracuda, but in the process has inherited a garbage nightmare lemon yeah. car. <laughs> it, it's a, I mean, it is a piece of shit. It's dangerous, yeah, too. It's like, I, it's like, Philly, like there's problems like in the rain, and now Belvedere is soaked. I, it, the car's filling with water. It's, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. I would like to give props to the uh, Belvedere... Uh, I'm, I guess props department or maybe stage management because when props to the prop department. Oh yeah, because when George comes through the door with the umbrella, establishing that it's raining outside, we actually see through the window rain falling. Like they're actually trying to simulate a storm, which is pretty nice. Oh I, yeah, I appreciate that attention of detail. And then of course when Belvedere comes in soaked because he had to walk what is it three miles because the Barracuda broke down. Call a taxi. Yeah, yeah. come on Belvedere, you got that Fabergé egg. You're worth. We can only assume millions of dollars. Call a, call a taxi, dog. Why did you buy the Barracuda? You have money. Yeah, he said something. He only wanted the car because apparently Heather's been driving him everywhere. But it's like, but Belvedere, you can drive. Yeah. You yeah. just drive that car. Heather doesn't have to drive you everywhere. Oh, yeah. If what it, if he hasn't gotten his license? Well, no, he has his license because he drives the Barracuda. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, up until this point, I would have assumed he just didn't have a license and didn't yeah. like to drive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the point being that uh, Kevin has sold him a bullshit car. Belvedere goes into the living room where Wesley's watching uh, Village of the Damned. And I knew from the first second we heard the music that the music was somehow going to play into oh, yeah. what would come next. And Belvedere says, oh, Wesley, um, what if I happened to that jar of marshmallow fluff? I was going to put it on a plate of liverwurst because I'm a disgusting ogre of a man. And Wesley's like, well, I ate it. And also I'm depressed. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Cue dream and now sequence. and now and it goes sequence, back to I mean, being nightmare. a season five episode. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. This is very much in keeping with the psychotic bent that this season yeah. has had. I. Um, it's pretty standard nightmare fare mm-hmm. though. It doesn't go so. It could have gone farther in my mind if they really wanted to fuck with me. Yeah. Because uh, everyone's in this in this nightmare. Everyone in the family is is their perfect self, and by that we mean Marcia is in a horrifically garish dress. It, her dress is terrible, but Heather's is worse. Heather Heather yeah. looks like she's pregnant. Like oh, is Heather not in like a like a poodle skirt fifties number? Uh, it's like this weird like seafoam green dress, but then there's a sweater on top of it that's oh. too long, and like it's kind of like fastened at the bottom but then it's open for the most part and it just yeah. makes her look like either an old lady or pregnant or something weird i yeah. have a quick question for you guys 
Do you like Marsha's hair more in the dreamscape or in the actual dream? I guess, dreamscape's better. Uh, yeah, dreamscape. dreamscape hair hands down wins over. Her hair is horrible, Be- horrible, horrible, horrible. Belvedere looks in real life. Oh yeah, yeah. Belvedere looks on point in that suit though. Right. Just saying. And Kevin is looking dapper. Oh yeah. In his turn of the century, like we're yeah. talking like 1910 college oh, yeah. man. He's like they couldn't have made him more like old timey college. Like if they put him in a fur coat yeah. with a beanie. And, you know, talking about giving props to the props department, when Wesley comes in with that mm-hmm. headgear, it's appropriately crazy. Yes. A, like, he's... I mean, his whole skull is like a David Lynch <laughs> oh, fucked up yes. dreamscape. And he's... I wanted him to start talking like Bane, because it's insane. Belvedere! Yeah. <laughs> well, hello, you did this, Bradley. Belvedere! Uh, it, yeah, so he comes in, but he's also dressed like a nerd. Like pocket protector, like, like full out. Revenge of the nerds. Yeah. Nerd. And everyone who comes into contact with Wesley instantly becomes a nerdy version of themselves. And the best line of the episode, which I actually count, kind of found funny, I didn't laugh out loud, but when Kevin becomes a nerd, he goes, Oh, God, I'm wearing pencils! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, which I thought was funny. I was like, he is wearing I, pencils. I genuinely <laughs> did laugh out loud. That was, that was great. Who do you because think it's is like the, it's just self-aware enough to be, to be funny. <laughs> whose costume do you think is the best as a quote-unquote nerd I, I, Kevin Kevin looks like hipster nerd. George is wearing a Hawaiian yeah. shirt, which is weird. Yeah, that made no sense. Um, He's wearing a straight-up cheeseburger in Paradise shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. Belvedere's outfit um, doesn't look too different than what he would normally wear, just with a bow tie. Yeah, he's just wearing lighter pants. He has a bow tie, and his hair is like slicked back like nerd style. Marsha looks, like, looks like she's working at a diner. Yeah. Well, and they make Heather look like Sarah plain and tall, like <laughs> girl next door who nobody would ever want to touch because her like, skin smells and feels like salmon. <laughs> um, and, okay, so before they become nerds, I should say, uh, Marsha says to the re- rest of the relatives, before Wesley comes in through the door, she goes, my, what an attractive trio of relatives who like to fuck each <laughs> <Yeah>. other. <laughs> Why would you say that? Even in a dream, why? It's like it's like Wesley's psyche knows that there's something psychosexual about his own. Yeah, and, oh, definitely. And then Kevin and Heather, like, they put their heads together. It's like, all right. Oh, they put their heads together, and then they do that graphic effect of the teeth gleaming. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's standard, but at the same time, I was like, that's a little unsettling. <laughs> um, oh, when we go back to oh, wait, wait, life, wait, before we get out. Oh, the oh. dream is not over yet. So... Oh, yeah, there's yeah. so much Nightmare more. Nightmare continues. Wesley freaks out, and he runs across the room. And, oh, there's there's Jenny Lewis. And she screams. And then there's a she goes, there's ah. a cop with a metal detector. <laughs> Makes no sense. That, that to me, is the cherry on top. Yeah. That's how they... That, that I'm, I was wrong earlier. They do push it far enough to oh, where yeah. you're like, okay, this is season five of Belvedere. This isn't like a standard nightmare. Well, then he gets struck yeah. by lightning outside the house. Yeah, this, yeah, oh, they're like, yeah. oh, I, ho- I hope he's all right with the lightning, and of course he gets struck by lightning. And we kind of we don't we don't get a good shot of it. It's a really weird shot, actually. Oh yeah, because you see Wesley, the actor, but he's obscured by the you know the set that is the house, and you just see him vaguely writhing, but you just sort of see the top of his head. Yeah, it's a really weird shot. <laughs> oh yeah, but he wakes up, I guess, how would you, in sleep paralysis because he's kind of jerking. Yeah, he's in REM sleep. Oh, he looks like. Yeah, he's being electrocuted effectively in his sleep. And Marsha runs up, and what I was going to say is, she still has these red glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh. When are we going to get this woman a new pair of glasses, costume uh, department? She's had these same ones forever. And not only, not only that, she's still, she's still wearing the stupid yellow top that she wears with her Captain Kangaroo outfit. That's her work outfit. 
Oh god. Yeah, at least that's what we tr- that's what I tried to establish yeah. as a work outfit. But if she's wearing it around the house, if she didn't just come from the well, office, well, no, but this no, because problem. she's there with her briefcase, like writing on papers. Writing on papers. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to describe her work. Doodling. Writing on papers. Meanwhile, Wes- you know what? I'm feeling out of motion. Um, Wesley T is like straight up um, uh, Marty McFly. Yeah. Oh, like the way he's yes. dressed. He's got like the vest. He's got like the sh- the shirt, and it's rolled up. Like it, he looks dead on Marty McFly. It's pretty awesome. Oh boy. It looks like uh, George's jacket has a type of like plaid print on the collar, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I kind of dig. I, I was gonna say that it, do we segue immediately into the into the next scene where Wesley has his braces and he's like doing a Salome yeah. gypsy yeah. mask? Oh yeah, because Belvedere makes the joke about Salome, which is a pretty <coughs> pretty intellectual joke for Mister. Well, Belvedere. we've we, you know we've come home. Uh, Wesley's uh, from Wesley getting the braces, and he's refusing to show anyone his mouth. Yeah, he's never gonna he's never gonna let anyone see him speaking with his mouth exposed ever again. So in another scene later, we'll see him with like a like a like a cowboy bandana mm-hmm. look, and I think oh he, at one point he wears like the uh, the the ski mask that is like from Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, so um, but so go ahead. Oh, Belvedere says uh, I just wanted to say his apparently Wesley's favorite lunch that Belvedere has made is bologna and cheese on raisin bread. Oh, <laughs> terrible! It's horrifying. What talk about textures? Yeah, the next Ugh. morning, uh, Marsha is in the full-out Captain Kangaroo outfit, and she's got the dumb patch back on the jacket. I thought that might have been gone. It's there. I mean, something must be working for right. her. It, she must think it's her lucky outfit. I mean, she bought a Porsche with God, it. She owns a Porsche, and she wears that to work. Why would they write that? It's like they're. It's like they really are just purposefully going against what we know about this family, which is, well, maybe it's actually in keeping with it, because we know they don't know how to handle their own finances. Yeah. So the fact that Marsha got a little bit of money and she was like, I'm going to go into debt and buy a Porsche. Oy. Um, Cut to Kevin's apartment. Are we ready to yes. go there? Kevin's apartment is an entirely new set. Um, I mean, it is. Is it? I think yes, it, it is. It's the because, same apartment. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, not the, the door's when, in a different place. No, but the, but the way the entire look of it. Because if you remember, when Belvedere was his yeah. roommate in that episode long, long ago, that was a very long apartment with, like, a huge kitchen that was separated from everything else. Yeah. And there was a blue color scheme. There were bedrooms. This is basically, effectively, a studio Yeah, this apartment. is a this is a completely new setup. This is hardwood everywhere. The kitchen, like, it's all basically a yeah. box. Uh, Belvedere comes over because, does he just want to bitch He comes over to drop off some things that Kevin left in the car. Oh, including right. Including some girl's including bra. A giant bra. What does that mean? We all know who. Oh no! No, he's been double dipping. Oh. Kevin's been double dipping. Uh, With se- what is her name? Lame Wendy. Nope. No. Wait, she's Wendy. gone. She's no, gone and married. I refuse to she's believe. She's gone that forever. He didn't keep that bra. Come on, she's not. She's not like Chimcharu. If you if you say do, her do name, some, do someone call. Son of a bitch. Oh, hi, Chimcharoo! Hello. It's, it's Alex, a please. Anyone have a chimney? What need a cleaning? Or perhaps a mystery? No, no chimneys. No, nothing? No All mysteries. Right. If you want to drop off some movies and be on your way, that, well, that would I'll be leave great. you. Um, I'll leave you this. Here's a VHS copy of The Black oh, Windmill. No. Oh, nice. No, I don't know what that... I don't have a VHS And player. also a Betamax of Peeper. I don't have a Betamax It features player. the greatest actor of our generation, Sir Michael Caine, as Leslie I Sheetucker. Think... I think you're purposefully not listening to me. Jonathan, Jonathan, take the gift. I, fine, fine, fine. Thank you, Chim. Thank you. Thank you, Chim Churu. Always a pleasure. Bye. Goodbye. Au revoir. Chim Churu. Good relation. I walked right into that one. 
So, uh, yeah, Belvedere has come over, and what happens beyond that in this scene? Um, I don't uh, know if this is supposed to be just Belvedere starting an intimidation tactic. Yeah, he's starting to threaten him a little bit. Because he's like, you sold yeah. me this fucking car. He also asks him, hey, um, the guy at the repair shop asked if there was any, like, what the recent repairs were. Do you have any of the receipts? Where To where Kevin goes over, opens up a drawer, and hands Belvedere, I guess the equivalent of a notepad and loose paper of the receipts that were the last month's, yeah. um, I guess, repair bills? Oy. Mm-hmm. Like this car, I, how's it running? Like, what kind of repairs did he yeah, have I, that many? I understand it's a beautiful classic car, but oh, like, yeah. dro- uh, drop it, drop it. You can't. When we see it, it's not even that great of a car. I don't think it's kind of got like a shitty like rust belt color. It's I don't know. I didn't think it was that cool of a car. Uh, back and, in the well, day, Kevin, it was nice, yeah. But when Kevin hands over all of those old uh, mechanic receipts, he I don't know. Kevin kind of plays it like with a shit eating grin. Like, here you go, Mr. Belvedere. Uh, all right. <laughs> and I, I can never really tell if Kevin knows that he's an asshole for doing this to Belvedere. <laughs> Ke- Kevin can't be that oh. pie-eyed that he thinks this is great that Belvedere has bought this oh, car. Oh, no, he's just fucking him over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we learn in the next scene that uh, I think it's with Miles. Mm-hmm. Wesley finally reveals. He takes off the ski mask, and we find that Wesley never got braces. Long con. How is this possible? Did he pay off the dentist? Uh, How, no, what happened? he he he. George is scared of the dentist, so he just dropped Wesley uh-huh. off. Wesley sat in the waiting room for about an hour or two, and then he just went out. But that that doesn't that doesn't stand to reason because anyone working at that dentist would have been like, uh, "Hey, what's up? Who are you? Oh, you're Wesley. I remember you. Hey, you're Wesley. Come here." No, Wesley. <laughs> what what uh, what reception desk is going to remember this random kid? You just say, "Oh, I'm waiting for my brother." Like you can, yeah, eat a piece of cake. Yeah, you can easily. I mean, anyone can do oh, it. Oh, I suppose. Can do yeah, it. yeah, that's right. I bet he schmoozed uh, the receptionist. Yeah, too. and if a kid's if a kid's like being quiet and just sitting, like you are not going to take the chance of waking up that hornet's nest. Oh goodness, this is true. Especially Wesley, who is a living mm-hmm. hornet's nest, breathing and walking. Um, yeah, so Miles is kind of confused as to how Wesley thinks he's going to pull this off. Uh, because it is. It's a long con. You technically have to... I had braces for many years. Like, I think at least four. Yeah. Uh, because I had some janky ratchet teeth. Make no fucking mistake about that. And, um, yeah, so how does this keep moving along? I, what happens next? So, we cut to uh, Belvedere uh, working on the car. He's he's going to try to fix it himself. Oh, yes. And uh, he's, he's wearing like a mechanic's outfit. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's in a straight-up speed because- suit. Yeah, Belvedere feels he like needs to play the role of like butch fellow, so he puts on a uh, yeah a, a onesie for a mechanic. Oh, hilarious! And I think George really likes it because George comes out, he starts chatting with Belvedere. George is getting yeah. Creepy. But the way that he's leaning over and like the way the lights hitting George's face and the way he's looking at Belvedere, I think yeah, I think he wants to start a boys' club and no skirts allowed. Definitely no skirts allowed. No skirts we allowed in the garage. Space. No, 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 no. You'll get oil all over Ugh. your skirt. You're a pretty girl. Why would you want that to happen? No. And B- Belvedere thinks he's fixed the car because George arbitrarily says, well, let me give her a, let me give her a turn in the old ignition. And it's like, George, it may not be ready for that. How do you know it might be ready to start the car, you idiot? In it's, any case, they start the car and it immediately rolls but away. But it's like, uh, <laughs> is, is, I, is the joke supposed to be that the car's in bad shape, that like the brake's not working? Or the George fucked something up? Are like, did Belvedere not put the brake on right? I like, I don't really understand. No, I think it's just a dumb, think, dumb joke. 
Yeah. It's a dumb joke, but I think it, what we are supposed to think is is that it tracks with the idea that this car is just a disaster. Yeah, but, and once you fix one thing, something else sure, falls Sure, but it's the break. I feel like... I don't know. I, I know. thought that one's a little much of a stretch. Because I was... I, what I actually thought was going to happen at this point, I thought um, the car was going to roll... Was going to, you know... Uh, a rollway and roll down the street and like end up like being totaled and like through some like weird insurance thing there was Belvedere was gonna get the money back I was like oh, and no. then Belvedere gets a brand new car and Kevin's jealous because his car breaks down or something that was that was yeah. my thinking that would have been interesting that certainly tracks but that's that's unfortunately not what happens uh how is Wesley eventually found out well okay so, oh Belvedere yeah discovered. we have well first yeah. we have a scene with uh George and uh, Wesley and uh, Wesley's uh, trying to hide out. He puts an orange slice, Godfather style, in his mouth. George's like, "Oh, I guess no one. Will, I guess I'll never see." That's when uh, Wesley yeah. comes in with the with the cowboy handkerchief and a crazy ass shirt. <laughs> crazy ass. I don't really is, remember that one. I don't even. What's the print on oh, it? It looks like God. staring wheels or like it is bizarre weird bolts. There's nothing creepier than a staring wheel. It looks like he has... A wheel that just stares at you as you're driving. I, I couldn't tell well, if it was... Creepy. It, yeah, because I thought it was like the yin-yang at first, but... It I, also it looks is, like a socket wrench set, yeah, but like in I, print or on the shirt. Yeah. That's weird. You're right. I, I don't know what the hell this is. Have I told you guys about my new line of steering wheel covers <laughs> called Staring Wheels? <laughs> eyes of famous cartoon characters, uh, female male celebrities, and it's just whoever you want staring back at you as you're driving as if to say, hey, drive safe. Jonathan, that's actually a fucking awesome idea. We should take that to Don't Sky Mall it. immediately. We should take it, or I should All take right. it. You should take it. All right, guys. Yeah, Go, don't take down it. Down the line, uh, what, cele- Brad, what celebrity do you want staring at you? I want the eyes from the new Happy Meal. Movie. Oh God! What Fuck is wrong? No. no. <laughs> Just constantly. Ah, ah, hey. Oh, look who's That's driving. Oh, I, like. I don't like that. I don't know if I want a celebrity looking. No, at they're me. gonna look at you. <laughs> I you have, have to buy one. one. You have to support your friend John. He's he's starting a new venture because his mind is riddled with paranoid bug bedbugs. He's got a crazy idea. <laughs> Brad, who would you want staring I, at you? Uh, yeah, answer the question. Answer it. Well, I'm curious. I honestly don't no. know. Alex, Pick let's somebody. try something. Let's just try something. Alex, for the first time in Ramjack history, <laughs> I'm going to present a question to you, and you're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. You're not going to be able to uh, move through the options like playing cards. We're going to get a gut-level Alex Green response. You ready? Alex? I need some time. No, you <laughs> don't need time, Alex. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't have time because at a certain point I have to figure out how I'm going to go to bed tonight. <laughs> so do me a favor and answer from the gut for the sake of your friend who's being eaten alive. What celebrity is staring back at you from my licensed line of staring wheels? Willem Dafoe. Now. Willem Dafoe, nice. great. Brad, who's uh, yours? Junior amateur scientist Angie Harmon. Oh, of hi, course. it's me, Angie Harmon. Drive safe. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. <laughs> Suck it to me, babe. <laughs> that is one of the better Angie Harmon impressions I think I've heard. All right, let's keep let's keep burning through this. Let's keep burning through this. So Belvedere um, is like, uh, hey Wesley, uh, I noticed that uh, all this uh, marshmallow fluff seems to be missing. What's the fucking deal? I didn't eat it. Yeah, and you couldn't have eaten it, Wesley, because you have braces, right? Let me see your mouth. <laughs> and then he like he grabs Wesley's nose so he can't breathe. Yeah, it's inappropriate. Yeah. And <laughs> he reveals his teeth. Marsha walks in. She sees. Oh boy, you're going to the dentist right now, young man. And Marsha's <laughs> even though Marsha's fucking pants. God. Oh, oh, I. At this point, it's just a marathon of just every pair of pants that was sent into a furnace at some point. 
These are all the pants that were like sent to hell. I, uh, can, uh, can we get like a wider panel just for the front? I just want to. I want to draw a lot of just just attention to this weird area of my front crotch slash stomach slash I don't know waist slash oh, above waist. It's a disaster. But uh, yeah, so Marcia says, "You little fuck, you little fuck tart." Let's get you into the dentist. You're getting those goddamn braces. And when we see him, he doesn't look that bad. Well, oh, but there is yeah. the moment where so, he makes fun of Miles as he's yeah. coming Yeah, so in. brace yeah. face. First of all, the lesson here... Miles! The lesson here is don't just roll up into somebody's house without knocking, you asshole. No. Um, um, well, he's his best friend. No, fuck that. Best well, friends do not Miles use a always does that. Oh, yeah, unless you're using the, yeah. the, the master bathroom. You don't yes. get to walk uh, into somebody's home. No. But uh, I, I did feel bad for Miles because I actually think on some level Miles is kind of like a cool kid uh, character because he's not trying as hard as Wesley. Miles seems to be comfortable in yeah. his own skin. At that one dance, he was like, I want to go talk to girls, Wesley. Like, you're kind of oh, he's great. weirding me out and you're being immature. He's, yeah. You call him Braceface. Well, yeah, because that's his name. His name's Braceface. No, we've been, been calling Miles. him Braceface all along. It's not going to change now. The whole point of this episode, and you clearly didn't take this lesson to heart, Brad, <laughs> is that people with braces are still people. That phrase begins with people. <laughs> yeah. And oh, is the first half of what you're going <laughs> to scream as I bash your door down. Oh, how cinnamon. How cinnamon. Oh, boy. Who? <laughs> so I, I think the actual lesson is the fact that uh, I think Wesley T doesn't want the braces because I mean, granted, I guess that one girl says he's going to look like a dork, but I think he really likes this girl. I mean, if anything, it's yeah, it's a subtly a coming of age story in a way. It's Jenny Lewis. He's finally paying attention to women. Who was not in love with Jenny well, no, Lewis? We, I mean, we yeah. know Wesley's. We know Wesley is horny. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In the in the su- in the supermarket episode, like he never stopped talking about women. Yeah. Well, he's constantly uh, also making weird references, like, all right, I won this round of poker, take your tops off. Yeah. To even his well, we family. Know that I, Wesley knows how to objectify women from afar in magazines mm-hmm. and movies, but Kimberly is a different beast. She's a real girl his age, and he, he's, you know, he's still a kid, so he's still trying to, you know, maneuver the waters of romance. It's still hard for him, and the braces do not help, because when she sees those braces, oh boy, she screams. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in his nightmare. But you know what? Karma comes back tenfold, because what happens? She gets a fucking dodgeball to the mouth and loses two teeth. Oh, Fuck you, Kimberly. Oh, snap. Probably thrown by Wesley. Oh, snap. There's also, I mean, uh, there's also oh. a scene where Wesley's getting rid of all the, the junk food that he can't eat because of his braces. Oh, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to throw this in the garbage now. <laughs> and Belvedere's... And, of course, Belvedere says, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that, of course, you know, Belvedere's going to take all the food, but... Like, why would you just throw all this shit in the garbage? Just because you can't eat it, you asshole. And that's a lot of food, and it doesn't look too bad on the table out there. Um, yeah, there's there's that moment, and there's the moment where he makes up with Miles. Just oh, the yeah. fact that he said some really nasty uh-huh. things when he didn't know Miles was in the room. He was like, I don't want braces because then I'll become a fucking loser that nobody likes and nobody will ever want to talk with, like Miles. Yeah, <laughs> he even calls Miles out. Oh, he points at him and he goes, that's what they did to that guy right there, <laughs> who is ostensibly my friend. Yeah, it wasn't an accident. He saw yeah. Miles and said, like that fucking guy. Like that dweeb. Yeah, like that. Well, and then Miles Miles accepts the apology way too quickly, in no. my opinion. Well, they're best friends. He's like, it's okay, we're best friends, and, you know, I've been a nerd for a while, so I'm used to it. It's like, what? Well, yeah, he's, but Miles is like, listen, I was a nerd before I got the braces. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
And let's be fair, Wesley's not exactly uh, hip to be square. Give me a break. (laughs) Wesley's a nerd in his own way. Because he's weird and creepy and, like, pulls pranks. He's a fucking nerd. He can Um, also... If he was cool, he wouldn't have to try so fucking hard. Oh, yeah. He also opens Miles' locker, like, with his own little, like, rap-tap-tap knee kick, and suddenly the locker opens, which took Miles... He was still working at it the entire apology. uh, Wesley's Wesley's got AC Slater tactics. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then to finish off the car plot, uh, Belvedere and Kevin finally have that huge blow-up where Belvedere says, you sold me a piece of shit. Kevin says, well, you're fucked because I'm not giving you your goddamn money back. And he says, if you take that car to my apartment, Belvedere, if you try to pawn this car off on me, there's going to be some trouble. And Belvedere goes, oh, I won't leave it on the street. Could you telegraph the joke more? Yeah. Because where does it end up? Oh, my God, it's in his apartment! Oh, no. Of course it's in it his apartment. It is in apartment. his apartment in an impossible way. There is no way. Makes no makes no sense. Well, Unless Belvedere is a genius mechanic who took apart the car piece by people, piece and then put it together like a tinker toy Yeah, but people set. do that, though. That's like a, I mean, that's you like can do that, that but, do. The fact that, but, but the fact that Belvedere did that so quickly is the weird part. Like, that's the part that do. makes sense. Belvedere is like a wizard. I, like, I, Look, I, I, I trust... Sometimes Belvedere is a wizard, and sometimes Belvedere actually seems like he's lying about all of his expertise. I mean, we did see extraterrestrials, like, solicit him, so maybe he's using advanced technology. Chariot of the gods, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Keep in mind, Belvedere said that he was good at mechanics because he used to do that for the the royal family. Right. Every time. Okay. What exactly were you doing? I mean, George calls him on his shit. He's like, really? Really, Belvedere? Uh, but that's basically it. I mean, Heather's still a garbage driver. Yeah. And as the credits roll, unless yeah, there's well, anything Belvedere's else Well, Belvedere's writing cover. his diary, talks about Heather being okay. a terrible driver, but he's, he's going to have to deal with it, and he puts on a helmet. Waka waka. Yeah. Oh, man. And as the credits roll, we get... There are no commercials that we get to see, unfortunately, throughout this, but as the credits roll, the reporter who speaks over them says, the nuclear disaster we fail to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. And it cuts off right yeah. there. It's, that's some good editing on the part of the YouTube user that uploads these. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm so mad that they don't include I, the commercials. It's a, it's a real here. shame. All right, guys, let's go with the let's go for the easier one first. Who won and who lost? Uh, Wesley lost because he had to get braces. He begrudgingly accepts mm-hmm. them, but let's be let's be fair. Braces suck. Yeah. yeah. They're the worst. He lost. Yeah. Daffo. He thought he was going to get away with his little scheme, and he didn't. So he lost so everything. So who won? Hmm. That's who harder. Won. I mean, Kevin mm. has two cars now. Kevin has a car in his apartment, which I think is would be kind of cool when you're a college dude. Oh, dude, yeah. Which is like, yeah, we should say that Kevin sold the Barracuda so he could have extra money, but then when he paid his bills, he claims that he had extra left over, so he bought, like, a little Japanese car. Yeah. Well, Belvedere basically gave him a blank check that said, hey, I don't care what your car costs, just give it to me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how much money he had left over, and it's Belvedere. Yeah. I think Kevin won because, yeah, he's got he's got his new car that isn't a piece of shit. He can... Wait, what's the agreement that he and Belvedere make? They're he's, ta- he's talking about it when he's... Yeah, he's going to pay... Yeah, uh, Kevin's going to pay Belvedere back uh, with weekly installments. Piece by piece. Yeah, piece by piece, and Belvedere's going to take the car out Belvedere, piece by piece. Piece by piece, great. So, Kevin's a little inconvenienced by that, but at the same time, he doesn't have to deal with that garbage car right. anymore. He's got a better car. And he's car. got, like, a cool, like, living room set piece for when his uh, friends come over. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you take the girl into that car. It's, like, a crazy makeout yeah. spot. It, oh, so Hey, want to go to makeout point? It's two feet to your left. <laughs> it's nothing but fun. Oh, think about all, like, the, uh, 
You could have like a drive-through movie. The or drive-in movie in your house. I love drive-through movies. That's my next uh, Skyball adventure. The drive-through movie. Act one. Come around the bend. It's where you drive through and you watch the trailer for the movie and then you leave. <laughs> and you go, that looked pretty good. Uh, come around to the next window, please. <laughs> also, if Kevin wants to kill himself, it'll be very easy. Because he could just create a, an immediate exhaust hotbox. <laughs> so I think, yeah, so Kevin won. He should get in touch lost. with that 83-year-old woman. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, have a, I have an unconventional nominee for Worst okay. Dress. Okay. But... My nomination for best dressed is Wesley in his cool jacket with the pink shoulders. I I I could be okay with that. Um, Brad, you seem hesitant. Who know. do you think is best dressed in this? Because well, I've been so focused on worst dressed. What about anyone from the nightmare? Did you think anyone was particularly uh, well dressed in their fancy versions? No. Uh, Belvedere was on point with his suit. Uh, yeah. Oh, my heart always wants to go with Jenny Lewis. Aww. I mean, well, for a young age, she's not exactly girl. fashionable. She's got like a little school yeah. I'm trying. Girl I'm trying dress. to. She's not like. Hip. I, yeah. Well, I mean, out of every outfit we saw in the episode, hers was the most presentable. Hers was the most you can wear this and it'd be okay. In yeah, public. I don't think she wore anything incredibly winningly, though. Well, since when is since when is that like the the cap? Yeah, yeah. I've no, always I, found it to be yeah, like I, the like a cool. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Oh sure. I was just going through and double checking. I yeah. I feel hers is like a like what is it like a peach color. Yeah. Like a little lacy classic schoolgirl outfit. I, I don't know. I like that jacket that Wes yeah, is wearing. That's, uh, that's pretty solid. Alex, do you agree? Um, I would. I would agree because the jacket's awesome. It's Wesley T. Rocking it like you only can in the '86 as a kid. <laughs> the honorable mention for Belvedere's uh, 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 car sure. outfit because that's hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, oh wait a minute. Car- yeah. Oh, you pulled a you pulled a, le- a curveball on me there. I, um. Yeah. And so, uh, yes. Who's worst dressed, though? That's the... Well, here we go, because I have an unconventional nomination. For worst dressed, we should give it to everyone, because everyone is wearing a pair of jeans at some point in this episode. That is a disaster. We should give it to everybody in the family for wearing terrible jeans. So the Owens family. No, seriously, they're all wearing the same exact pair of crazy jeans throughout this episode. Oh, the Owens family. Do you think it's Sisterhood of the Traveling Pant, in a way? They're all wearing the same horrible jean? Well, no, there are multiple characters wearing the same style of jean in one scene. Oh, God. And it's where, like, every wrinkle and fold and crease is accentuated with darker blue denim. Ugh. <sighs> I mean, that is a horrific... That is... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on. It's a motif. There were multiple nightmares point, like, in this episode. Whoa. Yeah. But can we not um, select somebody that's particularly yeah, worst see, dressed? That's the thing. I don't think we've ever... Because there's so many terrible given... things. I mean... I, what about Heather in the dream sequence... I, I don't think that was as bad as a lot of other stuff. If you feel more passionately about something else, then I'm more than willing to go. I with mean, it. can we? Because can we give bed bugs are gnawing at my ass? Oh, <laughs> Jonathan, can we give Marsha worst dress twice for the same outfit though? Because I would almost nominate that know. blousey shirt with that fucking skirt that she's wearing when she's at home working from home doodling on her papers. I don't think. That's, that's not the, as bad. If that's the Captain... Ka- yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, if, if you're going to... I would say don't nominate the Captain Kangaroo outfit again, because I feel like once you've done it... Yeah, it's, it's retired. I it's, don't think that's as bad as, the, as her Jay Leno denim. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the worst. That may be the worst. I think there's a sweater that Heather wears at one point that I had a lot of, like, ugh, reservation toward, but I think the Jay Leno outfit should win, personally. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, because that's the first thing that Brad you you yeah. brought up when we started. Was the first thing that accosts us in the show. I mean, it's just like her outside the door, and it's like, oh fuck. From if the it get-go. feels like a slap to the face, if it feels like a slap to the face, then give it. I mean, honorable mention to the entire Owens family. Yeah, sure. I will, there, yes. we're, we're going to a, a a Costco store where they all bought the same pair yeah. of jeans and different um, sizes. Uh, and especially Heather in that first scene, um, her jeans and yeah, shirt are terrible. But yeah, I think Marsha's there you worse. Go. There you go. All right. Nice. Well done. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. It's been a fun time here with Brad and Jonathan watching Mr. Belvedere, and um, we would like to hear from you. So please, if you will, phone us. Brad, what's the phone number? It's 206-339-5894. You can also email us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Hit the website ramjackpodcast.com and the wiki. Wicka wicka! That's ramjackpodcast.com slash wiki. Ooh. I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is John Pernisek, J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K. I'm also the co-host of the How Rude podcast. That's a podcast that covers all 192 episodes of the classic sitcom Full House. So that's available through iTunes now. Please subscribe Ooh, today. It's a delight. And we're also giving out, uh, I don't know if any of the episodes that are out now have this feature, but we're giving out a fashion award called the Comet Award for Woof-Worthy Fashion. Nice. That's what we get. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, don't forget the Facebook group. Don't forget to give us a review on iTunes. And that might be everything other than Twitter. Yes, we're on Twitter at Ramjack Podcast. <laughs> Alex, that was the worst lead-in ever. <laughs> Just either don't say Twitter or do it yourself. <laughs> you du- you goof, you dummy. <laughs> and remember, guys, even when you think things can't get any worse, even when bedbugs are ripping the flesh from your bones, just remember... You have a furry friend by your side. A furry friend named after the taste that you feel in your mouth. The taste that you sense in your very brain, in your very soul. And that furry friend's name is... Asleep. You'll never see them coming like ninjas in the night. Next day, be feeling something. Look at all your bites. Something just ain't right. What if that was sad? Check your mattress, check your carpets, check your rugs. Check your laundry, check your loved ones, check your Uggs. And once you check everything, check everything again, my friend. Cause you got the bed. Some bugs, that's right, yeah. I found some bugs, yeah, right there living in my head, my head, my head. I got a bug neurosis. Now it's a bug psychosis. Like cockers, metamorphosis.